When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. This is Brian J. Kennard, author of Sean Delaney's Hellbox, also creator of the graphic novel series The Villicon Chronicles, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. Kiss Army, Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 119, calling this one Chris Jericho Kiss Album Madness Tournament Wrap Up. Tom, how you doing? What's up there? Uh, You awake? Get a little snooze in there this afternoon, a little nap so you can get energized for tonight? Half dead motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, I'm out of it. <laughs> and don't play that falling down the stairs shit either. You conscious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, Stu. You're red, <laughs> Stu, motherfucker. And then all of a sudden you hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're alive. We're, we're kicking over here. Yep. So we are. Um, tournament's over. Back to reality. And uh, basically, back to uh, the real world here. Um, vaccines out, guns out. I don't know. Life is moving on, I guess, right? That's it. Yep. The tournament's over. We're going to get into that. Uh, lots to talk about that. But before we do that, let's uh, flash back to last week, right? Where we talked about box set disc three. And uh, we always start off with our poll. 
So the poll was, uh, which of the three previously unreleased tracks that appear on box set three box set disc three, do you prefer? And they were talk to me, the live recording demo for radioactive demo for your all that I want. And of course the ACE cult was alive and kicking and, uh, talk to me live one, which look, I know there's an ACE cult out there, but I think it, for me, it's hard for an unreleased kiss live track to not beat out a couple of demos on songs that people are kind of meh about and the demos are not great. That's just my opinion, but talk to me on this one running away. Yeah. Ace, Ace number one. Yeah. <laughs> couple comments. Twisted Kister, I chose your all that I want. I know it doesn't fit the demon image, but for ballads, I've always liked Gene's tone and voice. Uh, wasn't talk to me on Kissology. Yes, it was, but not. It was never available on audio, whether iTunes or CD. So uh, that that's what I meant it as an unreleased track. Uh, Lance, I'm in the minority, but I'm going with your all that I want because I want to go fishing with Uncle Gene and listen to it in other yacht rock. The opening guitar riff reminds me of Christopher Cross. Yeah, Lance, you're right. That's exactly why I didn't vote for it. Um, John Schaefer, the cult of Ace is real. When I listen to them, I get a strange sensation, not the good kind. You're all that I want is a terrific song in its demo form. Anytime Gene and Paul sing together is magic. When Ace rhymes conversation with conversation, it makes me crazy, gives me no relaxation. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know. Kiss live. I'd rather that than kiss demo. You are absolutely 100% correct. Right. The defense is wrong. He was right. Uh, Coming soon. This is a, uh, I think a podcast, maybe. I don't know, but they jumped in. Talk to me. Always great to hear the late, great Eric Carr behind the kit. Wish he could have been in the band to have played on an album. Deuce jumps in and says a weak song from a crappy album, but it's ace better than the other two party man. Talk to me. Such a feel good party vibe. Okay. Talk to me. This is John gross. Talk to me. I always like this song. So to hear it live is a bonus. Stuart H. I went for your all that I want. Even with Paul soulfully trying to ruin it at the end. (laughs) With his little outro singing there. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't I don't mind. I mean, I love Radioactive, and I don't mind the studio version of You're All That I Want. I just thought the demo was a little eh. Uh, and then some episode-specific comments here. Our buddy Steve. I'd love to see Kiss raid the vaults and release CDs from the 80 to 92 era. Not as a limited edition $10,000 box set, but something for the fans. I'm not holding my breath, though. Yeah. Lee Bruton. Great episode, guys. I forgot all about these demos. Some good, some not so good. Um, our buddy, Dan, I love it louder. I love the box set. The booklet can't get enough of the history behind the songs. Agree with your rankings of the disc so far. Let me tell you something else. Peter's album is amazing. Any other song would have been better than the one they chose. So yeah, talking about how they picked, don't you let me down for the box set. Um, Lance had a couple more comments talking about, uh, the, the gene demo. Um, Polly, the wog. Just finish this episode. Seriously, why even include that radioactive demo on the box set? So devoid of any sort of energy or passion. Honestly, it would not have surprised me one bit to hear a band member ordering lunch. Brutal. Kevin's on fire. 
commenting on our shuffleboard jokes. He said, I'm now picturing Gene as president of the board at Del Boca Vista. Nice. And then John Schaefer says that I'm out of my mind on this. Radioactive demo is good stuff. Gene wrote and recorded a 50s, 60s rock and roll song. Never underestimate what a producer brings to the table. Yeah, no. Uh, respectfully disagree, John, but I, I, I hear you and I like your feedback. Thank you. Alessandro Rourke says those 19 tracks are tits. All right. Thank you, Alessandro. It's a great way to describe it. Thank you. And uh, that's it for Twitter. Zeus, we get some Facebook stuff. Yeah. Over on Facebook, we have. Uh, let's start with David Zanet. Good All old right. David. David. And he just does a Ric Flair. Woo. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need. Uh, Mark Konzawaski. Why so skimpy on Dynasty? Charisma and 2000 man need to be there. Mm, I agree. Yep. Okay. Over on Loudcasters, Tony Smith. Great episode. I agreed with most opinions during the song breakdown, especially the Detroit Rock City Studio versus live issue. Mm-hmm. I would have rather had the live version. Yep. Jerker Nielsen. <laughs> Best okay. era. Ryan Moomy. It was good. But why put your all that I want in there? Is that you was far better. I didn't even make it on. All four studio tracks and killers should have been included. Beth isn't here. And nothing from Rock and Roll Over. Then I commented and corrected him that that was all on disc two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what the fuck? Well, no, I just want to answer his question. You know, he said, why wasn't there anything on there? So just say, go back to disc two. Connor Dwyer box set was such a disappointment. Looking back, YouTube does a better job than the band did collecting material for it. Wow. I, we're, I know we're hard on Kiss, but I, I, I love the box set. I was happy with it. But over on YouTube, YouTube, Terry the Man, the You're All That I Want demo sounds like Gene was highly influenced by Ace's Fraction Mirror. Oh, okay. Devin Dungan, great, ep- great episode, guys. Going to be listening to this disc later today. Rock on. The Talk to Me live version is the only one that stood out to me from this disc. And the You're All That I Want demo has always reminded me of Boston. Okay. I don't know. Is he saying the band or the city? Or the, I don't know. He's, ta- he's probably talking about the he's talking about the band. He's probably talking about a little bit of the way I, I'm thinking the way more than a feeling kind of opens up with that acoustic strumming before the song gets into gear. I don't know. Uh, Mark Stewart. If you ever get a chance to go on YouTube and type in John Bon Jovi's demo for who said it would last forever, it's an almost exact duplicate of the demo for You're All That I Want. It definitely a coincidence, but still interesting. Wow. Right? I don't but know. Bon Jovi listened to Kiss, so, I mean. Yep. Uh, pinworm. <laughs> YouTube, I've never heard a Kiss demo that excites me. Maybe the version of God of Thunder that Paul sings only because of the oddity of it. But yep. demos are just bad versions of mostly good songs when it comes when it comes to Kiss. The unreleased songs are usually unreleased for a reason. They stink. 
I kind of agree with him there for the most part. Sometimes you might get something that's worth it, but most of the time it's my comparison was like the deleted scenes on a Blu-ray disc. It's like they deleted for a reason. Mike H. So, um, and then Marty White chimes in and says the demo of fanfare will change your life. Oh God. (laughs) But he also decided to comment and Marty writes, I remember the episode of the Jeffersons. That featured Ace and Mr. Bentley. <laughs> Ace refused to tip Ralph for procur- procuring him some coke. He and Ralph got into an argument. Mr. Bentley stepped in, and Ace, who was terrified of English accents, started throwing punches. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, my ben- God. Bentley punched. <laughs> Bentley punched back and both wound up on George's couch with ice bags on their inflamed noses. Oh, my God. When George saw them sitting there, he shouted, what the hell happened to you fool honkies? (laughs) Ace, who was drunk and high, lost all sense of cultural decorum. He said, holy shitball, George. I can't read the rest. George glared at Ace and said, that's mighty white of you, Bronx boy. Jesus Christ, Marty. And that's YouTube. You do. Wow. Okay. You got a couple emails? A couple emails here. Yeah, this one comes from Mr. Eric Schwink. And this is about the album Madness Bracket. He kind of gives us a little bit of a story here. So he says, TNZ, thanks to the bracket this year, I sat down and for the first time ranked my choices for the Kiss Studio albums. Thanks to your podcast, I have been going back and re-listening to some albums that I have not listened to in full for years. Some personal surprises on here for sure. My Kiss backstory is not too different than yours. I'm a year or two younger than you. I got into the bands thanks to my older cousin. I guess I'm partially to blame for their demise in the early 80s because I was the four to five-year-old kid seeing them on the Dynasty Return of Kiss tour that they talked about in Extreme Close-Up. As a kid, I had Destroyer, Love Gun, Dynasty, Paul Solo, Ace Solo, And for some reason, I had the World Without Heroes 45 single. When MTV came out, I got into Def Leppard and other bands, but kept up with Kiss and got a couple of their 80s cassettes. In the 90s, I got back into Kiss thanks to Revenge, Extreme Close-Up. A six-disc CD changer and a BMG membership allowed me to get the entire Kiss catalog. They've been my favorite band ever since. Side note on the 90s, I love Jar of Flies and was stoked when you did that for a bonus episode. Here's my list. Thanks for having an awesome podcast and keep up the good work. And then I'll just rank, read a couple. So he ranks Destroyer as first, then Love Gun, Revenge, Kiss Debut, Paul Stanley for his top five. Uh, then he has Sonic Boom and Monster tied. And he threw in a little joke there. He ranked them lower than Air Supply and Lionel Richie. Oof. I don't know if they're that bad, although I do like Lionel Richie. But Eric, thank you so much. We appreciate that email very much. That's awesome. Thank you. And then our good friend, Angelo Capasso. Hi, guys. Help me on this. I swear, as a kid growing up, and even to this day, if you listen to Alive and Alive 2, the introduction is you wanted the best, you got the best, the hottest band in the world, Kiss. But every time you guys talk about the intro, you say land rather than world. So my nuts, are they not saying world on Alive and Alive 2? In my weird head, I guess I just prefer world thinking that is what they said all those years. Hope all is well. You guys rock. Angelo, I can solve your problem for you. 
they say land in alive and world and alive too. So whichever one you prefer is the one that you can go with because they say both. But since alive too, they've been sticking with world. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So they said land for alive. You're used to world now, but they originally started with land. Yes. Yep. That's accurate. Yep. And then we'll finish off with a DM from Jim Riley, who references our flashback Friday from last week with the hot in the shade, Leon Sphinx blowing up and all that good stuff. Uh, Tom and Zeus, this was my first Kiss concert. It was the day after you saw them. I saw them June 30th, 1990 in New Jersey. It was freaking unbelievable. Awesome set list. We are so much alike as Kiss fans. It is scary. Cool thing that happened. We were tailgating before the concert and a dude took lighter fluid and wrote kiss in the parking lot and lit it on fire. That's fucking awesome. That's rock and roll. I talked to Bruce Kulik on meat hook every couple months. I think meat hook is like that live chat thing. No way would I could no way could I have imagined I could speak to someone like him over 30 years later. Life is good. Thank you for your podcast. You are both honest and hilarious and have the greatest guests. You both are true kiss fans. I am one of the biggest Jericho holics. Tell him I said hello. Quarantine songs are great. Love the deadly weapon is freaking awesome. I can go on and on, but just want to say one more time. Thanks for all you do. And thank you, Jim Riley, for that amazing message, because you are comment of the week for us. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. We're going to be watching you. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Much appreciated. And I'm glad you're a Jericho-holic because you got Jericho this week. Yeah, it's apropos that we got this email and I'm, we're thankful for the kind comments. Absolutely. And uh, it just happened to work out that we had Chris on this week. So, yep. perfect. Yep. Very perfect. cool. Very cool. And before we get into what's going on in Kiss World, we want to give out our uh, special thanks that we do every week to our amazing and awesome Patreon subscribers, uh, people that are donating to our show through our Patreon account. Uh, We can't thank you guys enough. Uh, That means a lot, and it helps the show. It builds the show, and it supports a lot of things that we do on this show. So we cannot thank you guys enough. Uh, Zeus, if you want to give a shout out and provide where that Patreon contact info is for everybody out there that may not be one yet, but wants to be. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com or the app Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or usually we put it in the episode notes. So after you find our podcast, if you look at the notes in the episode, there's a link amongst our links to our website, links to our Facebook page, our YouTube page, all that stuff. You'll see a link to Patreon. Those that uh, want to can take a look, see if anything interests you there, and see if you can uh, possibly support the pod, and we appreciate it if you can. Uh, tip of the hat and much uh, appreciation and gratitude to those that have been able to uh, join us there. And uh, they had a little bit of fun and a little bit of a preview to this episode. You mm-hmm. got a little bit of a tip of the hat, and uh, we also were, uh, they got lucky, one of them got lucky enough to ask Chris a question. So, we'll, uh, once again, patreon.com, or Patreon the app, or you can find it in the episode notes. Thank you to all those that are members, and uh, if you're interested, check us out. Absolutely. Thank you, as always. 
So what's going on in Kiss World? All right, so it's kind of quiet here. Uh, not much going on. Um, one thing that I did see for some news regarding Tommy Thayer, uh, he tweeted out on his Twitter page that a uh, couple pictures of him. He says he purchased 15 acres of vineyard property in Oregon's prime wine region last year, and he'll be producing Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Follow along at at Vineyard Tommy for the latest updates, and it's got a couple of pictures in there. One of him inside with the wine casks, and one of him outside in the field with uh, in the vineyard. So good for Tommy, you know, doing something cool. I know you see a lot of people uh, doing that, you know, kind of older people, you know, got some money and uh, kind of get into a hobby that they like. So good for Tommy. Happy to see that he's doing something that he's passionate about. Um, in terms of Kiss stuff, we, we did see that that uh, thing about Bruce Kulick. Uh, by the time you hear this episode, it will have already happened. Uh, hopefully there's a way for you to access it uh, another way online. Bruce Kulick is doing a live stream performance, uh, and that will have aired on uh, Friday, April 16th. Uh, it's called Bruce Kulick Live in Las Vegas. It'll be at the Marquee Club's library inside the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Vegas. He's going to be joined by his wife, Lisa, and his longtime collaborator, Todd Kearns. He'll be doing music from Kiss along with other songs from the Stones, the Beatles, the Who, Elvis, uh, and all that and more. So, again, Bruce keeping himself busy. Very exciting stuff there. Uh, That's also available on that meathook.com. So I'm sure you'll be able to go back and check that out if you you missed it. And obviously, if you're hearing this and hearing of it for the first time, you did miss it. But hopefully, you can go back and check that out. You got Paul putting up photos of wine porn. Break bragging about Jason Woodbridge's wine. Uh, then he puts pictures of a guitar that he got. That's great and awesome. And then he puts a photo up recently today about the uh, looks like the T-shirt that is at Walmart, and he's the holding love, it up. Yeah, the Love Gun shirt. Yep. Wow. So long ago, we couldn't have made it today without you. It wasn't easy, but if you're willing to fight for something. How much is it worth? Nothing. Gratitude. I tell you, when I saw that picture, that looked like one of those pictures you see on Facebook that's photoshopped of yeah, him holding somebody up. holding up a t-shirt. That yeah, that's what I. Nineteen seventy-four through nineteen. Exactly. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. so fake. Oh, but when I saw this, I'm like, why is Paul holding up a Walmart shirt? I mean, I own the shirt. I'm sure half of you people listen to the show have that shirt. It's fucking awesome, the Love Gun seventy-seven tour shirt. But like Paul, like I'm, I don't get it, but. Hey, you know what? At least it's at least he's talking kiss. So, and then he's got his uh, the guitar for that guitar does look pretty sweet. Yep. Uh, and he's got his Paul Stanley Pumas on. Oh, God almighty. Those goddamn things. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Tiny Tim hairdo. <laughs> like, come and on. That, and that face. <laughs> and he looks like someone took a shit in the floor or something like What's that smell? Who farted face? Yeah. <laughs> Tip of the hat of our friend Baco who made that yes. up. Looks yes. like someone farted. And like, he's like, what is Oof. Oof. Yeah, oh. other than that, I saw a photo of Gene eating ice cream. Um, <laughs> like, what the fuck, Gene? You Dude. got nothing else going on? He's eating ice cream with his wife. You know, God bless him. He's our demon. You know, he deserves it. But he's like... Yeah, baby, yogurt land. 
Dude, it's He's like not- every it's like every week they're trying to outdo themselves for least metal moment. Exactly. Like and he and he's like play he's being playful like moving his jaw around like he's got no teeth. Yeah, which he probably doesn't. <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty bad. And then, you know, he's got you know, he's not really he's putting up all sorts of gene stuff and he notices or anything about kiss and like he's like real estate hawking his house putting like refreshing the page as though he's on realtor.com of his house dude nobody on twitter is gonna be like i'm gonna buy gene maybe there's a kiss fan maybe it's you the <laughs> fan that wants to buy my house 25 million dollars if i put all the shit in it and leave it there 22 million dollars <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then, and then one other thing that, that came out this week Look I'm a Kiss collector Zeus is a Kiss collector Maybe I'm a little bit stupider with the way I spend my money on Kiss Look on People saw this going around The Kiss sneakers that came out On, on KissReplicas.com Dude These look like the worst looking Marty McFly Fucking Back to the Future ridiculousness and they're 175 bucks i'm excuse me 179 dollars a pair they people. they look like you, you people that are no offense are wearing helmets do, do have they have those sneakers it, it they're just <laughs> it's they're just they're just bad and, and i'm sorry and i and i you know i know you god bless you babe if you got the money and you want to get them, go for it. But these are just, I, I don't know when or where you would wear these other than maybe the kiss cruise. Um, my favorite thing was somebody put it up on our buddy, kiss my collectibles, <laughs> bought my four pair of kiss sneakers today. <laughs> Anyone else get some? I got one of each. Someone wrote, why? <laughs> Dude, somebody bought a one of each. So you spent almost eight hundred dollars on fucking kiss sneakers yeah it's just one of those things like you gotta have a lot of disposable income absolutely just just drop randomly hey i've got 800 bucks yeah i'll buy no honey we don't need it for this or that i'm buying kiss sneakers that's what i mean that i'll never wear i'll never take out of the box yeah nope nope they'll go on a shelf and i can stare at them (laughs) Which, and then, when, and and then when I die, you'll fucking get a dumpster, pull it up to the house, and throw all my kiss shit in there. Oh, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. But they do come with a custom hang tag. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, oh and it comes with a drawstring bag to put them in. So, is there a Vinnie Vincent pair? No, I'd get those. Yeah. I'd get those. You think they'd be pink? Uh, that's offensive. No, what? That was his look. The pink uh, high tops. Oh, that I thought you were. I, I thought you were referring to when he was in Kiss with the Ankh Warrior colors. Oh no, I was thinking like would they be like Vinnie Vincent Invasion? <laughs> okay, the boys are gonna rock edition, <laughs> and, and they would have that wig on the side of them, <laughs> so they would look like Eric Carr's. Like you know how he had the fur part of his boots and stuff. Yes, so yes. have those on the side on the bottom of the heel, so you really wouldn't see the sneakers. You'd see that Vinnie wig on your sneakers. So, yeah, so it would look like you have like a puppy humping your leg, <laughs> yeah. but it would be Vinnie's sneakers. 
Yeah, but exactly. A private Cuthano would like to get a pair of those. If you don't, <laughs> you don't mind. Oh my god! If you're gonna What's be offensive like that, you won't be on the next tour. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Offensive. So that's about it. That's the fun stuff going on in Kiss World. You can see there's not much going on. So yes, no, yes, yes. All right. So Tom, our uh, annual Kiss Madness tournament. This time we called it the Kiss Album Madness tournament. Uh, ends and we always have a wrap up show. And last year we added Chris, and this year we did the same because we want to make this a tradition. Get Chris's thoughts and his uh, opinions about the the uh, Madness tournament, and he was gracious enough to give us his time. But last, before we left off, before we get into the conversation we had with Chris, when we last left off, I believe on the pod, we were down to the final four. Correct. Yes. Which was uh, Destroyer versus Alive on one side and Love Gun in going up against Creatures on the other side, uh, which resulted in a championship battle between Alive and Love Gun, which as a Love Gun fan thrilled me and shocked a lot of other people that Love Gun made it all that way to the finals. And now you got Alive versus Love Gun and fake drum roll. <laughs> Winner is <laughs> alive to no one's surprise. Uh, we kind of knew that that was going to be the case. You know, again, when we play the, 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 the interview that we had with Chris, we'll kind of get into all those details. Um, but I do also want to give another shout out to uh, our Twitter winner, the bracket winner, because we do encourage people to fill out brackets and submit them to us. And we got a ton this year. And we thank you for everybody who yeah. contributed and participated. And that is a big kiss fan himself. And he goes by the Twitter handle of half ace. And it's a very unique uh, thing. He's got, it's a guy with his half of his face painted like ace uh, and kudos to him. He picked, he almost had a perfect bracket. It was amazing. Wow. He picked he picked a live versus love gun for the championship. Uh, he had three of the four in the final four, uh, and he did pick that the championship matchup with a live winning. So kudos to him, and he wins that amazing prize pack from our buddy Ed over at Click T Shop, including a T shirt and pins and uh, guitar picks, just great stuff, courtesy of Ed at Click T Shop. Yeah, let me guess, did he have creatures wrong? Uh, he had, yes, he did. I believe, I believe he did uh, of the four. I would guess that that's probably the one that he may have missed. Yeah. It, it's, uh, we, we talk about the percentages and stuff going on a live winning. It's not really that big of a shock. I'm surprised we didn't have like a tie or something, but kudos to half ace, <laughs> half ace. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he's, I think he's, he has, uh, put in. Every year we've done the the Madness tournament, and he's a longtime follower of us, uh, us on Twitter. So much appreciated, and congratulations, tip of the hat, and a sincere big shout out and thank you to our sponsor, Click T Shop, K I K L I C K T E E Shop S H O P dot com. Ed at Click T Shop dot com has been a sponsor of ours. And he's a good friend, and he was generous enough to donate that awesome prize. And uh, thank you all for uh, 
for getting involved and continuing. And uh, we have some ideas for next year already. And you'll hear the discussion a little bit later on, too. Um, <laughs> yep. And if we don't do it Jericho's way, I'm going to get put in a headlock and thrown <laughs> off the balcony of the Kiss Cruise. That's so, great. yeah, that this was a fun year doing this, Tom. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was. Um, and, you know, we, we, we made it last long because every, no one else, no one's got anything going on. Why not? Why not have this spend a couple weeks, you know, have the polls last a little bit longer, encourage that discussion, that debate. Some people love and hate these albums. You know, uh, it, it took a while to get to get from round one to the championship. And that's the way we like it. And it, it appears that you guys like that, too. And it, it's a lot of fun for us. We're thrilled that people are involved and, and interact, and that's what we want. It, it just encourages the KISS community to talk and just get into those arguments and uh, just share the love of the band. And uh, who knows what 2022 is going to bring, but you can bet we're going to have something ready next year. Yeah. And without further ado, let's go to our conversation with Chris Jericho, KISS Album Madness Tournament Wrap-Up. All right. So... uh you ready to rock? I know we're. I already started recording. He taught right. me that. What oh, are you yeah. doing? Stop getting hit recording. <laughs> Get some stupid shit going. <laughs> so, Chris, thanks for joining us every year. This is an annual tradition of having you on here to uh, kind of do the breakdown and recap of our of our tournament. So, just generally speaking, wh- what do you think about? You know, I mean, this was definitely probably the most predictable tournament that we've done. Um. But we still thought it would be fun, you know. A couple of good, interesting matchups early on. As it got closer on, I think it got a little bit more predictable. But we still had fun with it. Yeah, I mean, once again, it's it's a great idea. These tournaments. It's one of the reasons we were talking earlier about kind of the uh, the uh, league of of distinguished idiots, Kiss podcasters that you did with Joey Casada, where every kiss podcast that's lasted has something they do different from the others. Yep. And one of the things that you guys do really well is the drafts and, and the, you know, the, 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 the big four tournaments, the, the, the big 64 tournaments. So this was, it's like you said, it's, it's a pretty standard one, but it's still a great idea that no one else has done. So yeah. uh, I enjoyed it. Good, good. So like we talked about, when we did our preview issue, like a preview episode. We, we know that, you know, we we know that a lot of these albums, you know, had like no shot. But the the point right. of it was to just get that that kiss discussion, you know, and represent people like Bruce Kulick and Eric Singer and, and Mark St. John and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know, Zeus, you kind of want to let's maybe break down the brackets and then we can get into the big guns as we get into the final four. Yeah, I just uh, a little overall thought here. The yeah. one thing that I I kind of wish we just didn't have a chance to do it was to do it without compilations and live albums and see what comes out because that's what we're getting look alive it's it's not really fair or double platinum let's be honest you should pick that that should be the top five album here double platinum but you know there's more to an album there's the artwork there's when you got into the band there's when you you know maybe you saw them on that concert tour Mm -hmm. so that that's important to you but uh, I, yeah, I wish we could see what would happen if, uh, and, and a lot of this is luck of the draw. Who did we put in these brackets? Like, oh, we yeah. have Love Gun on the right. What if we put Destroyer on the other side? Well, rock and roll over. Would yeah. that have made a difference? Would that have beaten Alive too? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so- and, and that's the thing, too. And, and, and once again, you have to put 
some of these albums in there just to fill out the brackets basically. And then and once again, that makes sense. But what I tried to, st- I mean, kind of being hypocritical because we all know the record that won. I don't want to spoiler alert. I'm, I'll let you guys do that if that's what we're doing here. But so it is kind of one of those ones where I tried to stay away from compilations and tried to stay away from best ofs. Yep. And you know, alive is kind of both of those things, but alive, but alive is, is so much more than that. And, and we'll get into it. Alive is not a compilation record and it's not just a typical live album. Like, like to me, it still is the best kiss record of all time. It's my favorite. And not just because of the songs, because the energy, the, the arrangements of the songs, the tempos of the songs, it's completely different from, 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 you know, anything that's on Dress to Kill doesn't sound a thing like it does on a live, for example. So mm-hmm. it really is kind of the standard, not just for what a live album is, but also for what a Kiss album is as well. No, totally. And, and I think one one thing, you know, we'll get into the brackets in a second, but I want to get your thoughts. So Destroyer and Alive were the obvious number one seeds. We went back and forth with Love Gun or, you know, maybe Rock and Roll Over. But the, the one that we got feedback on, and it proved right because it made it to the Elite Eight. Ace Freely solo album seventy eight as a number one seed. What do you thought? <laughs> what do you? Because because I I think that is by far one of the most tremendously overrated albums in their entire discography. I've, I've hashtagged the Ace Cult yep. because there is an Ace Cult amongst the Kiss community that Ace can never do any wrong, and anything that the other guys do doesn't apply to Ace. Yep. So, you know, it's interesting because I'm trying to remember what my bracket was that I sent to you guys and. Yeah, but- I, I think Ace might have made to the final eight in mine as well, because once again, I mean, up against Look It Up, it is pretty tight, but there's something about that Ace solo record, once much like Paul's, that to me is one of the classic Kiss records of all time. So, you know, I, I know there's definitely an Ace cult for sure, but I don't have really have a problem with Ace getting to the top eight, because like I said, I see the reasons for that. Um so that doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you guys. Yeah. I think the thing with the ACE album and, and, and I know Zeus and I were kind of like joking with the ACE cult there. Cause I mean, I, I, I like the album. I don't love it, but for me, there's just no plan. And, and while we're talking about ACE, we might as well just talk about that bracket since we're talking about that, you know, that bottom right bracket, the Michael James Jackson bracket with ACE is the number one seed. You know, I, I just don't, to me that, that album will never be better than lick it up. And that's just me. Um, I think, I think ACE, I think it sounds great, but I just think there's too many weak spots. And I know th- some people think lick it up has some weak spots, but that was a battle. That was the, that was the matchup that almost had to go into an emergency overtime poll. Oh, wow. That came down to, I think it was a percentage point. Maybe Zeus six. I think it was like, it was tied at one point going down the wire. Then I think it won by like six votes. Yeah. We, we even tweeted out. We were like, come on, lick it up fans. Come on. <laughs> and, then, and then we had the opposite effect. All yep. of a sudden ACE went ahead. <laughs> yep. You know, what's funny though. Is we just did a thing um, on Eddie Trunk's um, show talking about, uh, what were we talking about? Something. Oh, it's kind of, we were talking about the, the, the non makeup kiss records and which ones were the best. Oh, I know what it was. It was top three non makeup kiss records. So I was on Eddie's show kind of uh, co-hosting it for a couple of days. And there was so many people who thought that lick it up is the best kiss non makeup record. And I, I didn't realize 
just how popular Lick It Up is amongst fans. So even to me, like on the surface, I'm like, Lick It Up, really? But then when you go into it, it's very, very critically acclaimed across, you know, the, the, the KISS fan base. So, you know, once again, I was a little bit surprised by that, but it doesn't surprise me that it got as far as it did. And then conversely, it surprised me it didn't make it farther because of the reaction it got from from the people that, that represented it on Trunk Show. Yeah, this was a bracket. It was funny how when we made them, we kind of didn't, I, I, I mean, at least I didn't think of this bracket consciously, but this bracket has like, like the cult albums. It's got the right. creatures of the, it's got the creatures of the night cult. It's got the Ace Freely solo album cult. It's got people like me that, that love revenge. Then it's got people that think revenge is overrated. And the same thing with lick it up. Like for this bracket, I, I, I had a feeling creatures would advance to the final four, but I don't know. I don't know where you stand on uh, creatures. Yeah, I, I, Tom, I don't know about that. I, I thought he was a 50-50 shot revenge versus creatures. Yeah. I really did. Did you really? And I thought, I really thought it could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised. And still to this day, I'm looking at it. I think I was like flipping a coin. I, I don't okay. know where to go on that one. Okay. Well, w- once again, I'll give you the, the cult of creatures. Because, because once again, talking about the trunk thing, it wasn't non make. It was Kiss albums from the '80s. So, but the cult of creatures to where, and maybe it's like we talked about, and you guys mentioned it many times too. It's not kind of so much the 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 albums themselves. It's when, as Paul would say, it's when you got on the Kiss elevator. So, mm-hmm. I've I've said many times that Revenge is my all time favorite uh, Kiss mm-hmm. studio record. So. To me, the Creatures album doesn't even hold a candle to Revenge because, yes, they still play so much of it live, but I find there's a lot of filler on Creatures. Saints and Sinner and and, and Killers and those type of tunes, to me, don't stand up to War Machine and I Love It Loud. Whereas Revenge, if you throw out, you know, we've laughed about it before, every time I look at you, you know, in Car Jam 91 to an extent – all that record cooks. So to me, it's a no brainer that revenge is better than creatures, but I'm also not surprised that revenge lost to creatures just because of the creatures cult, which, uh, you know, I'll add that's just as valid as the ACE cult. (laughs) It (laughs) is. And we said that when we did our creatures of the night album review at the beginning of this year, I I said, I said, I think people, people are so enamored with the sound of creatures that they're not paying attention right. to how they're not paying attention to how weak some of the songs are. Absolutely. Like, like you said, the, the, the album sounds fantastic, but the songs are just not, they just don't have a lot of teeth to them. Well, you know, you, you like I said, to, to, that is true, but they also play, you know, half of yep. that album live to this day, yep. but there is a lot of the rock and roll hells on there. And, and then once again, that's why I think if people, that vote for creatures. I bet you they're probably a little bit older than I am. Uh, and if they heard revenge when it first came out and saw all the kind of all the, 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 the buzz about Gene and how cool it was when he kind of reappeared with unholy and domino. And he's like, Gene is back. Like there's just no comparison to me between the two, but they'll always be linked together because it was the last kiss makeup album. It was basically the last revenge was basically the last kiss non makeup album. I know that, carnival's in there but it was basically an afterthought and also too that was the end of that 10-year drought where gene had i love it loud for a single and didn't have another single video uh or video until unholy came out with revenge 10 years later so they'll always be connected together so Mm -hmm. i thought it was cool that they went up against each other but in my opinion there's no way that the right album won that 
Yeah. Zeus, that, do you have, yeah, do you that have the- was a 54 to 46. Percent. Wow. That's closer wow. than I thought. Closer yeah. Than I thought. Four to 46. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, pretty close. I, I just look at it this way, too. There's another factor in there. That's the Eric album. Mm. And people still have this soft yeah. spot for yeah, Eric right. Carr. And everyone loves him. And, and it's just one of those things like, oh, look at Eric Carr, kick ass. I think that helps that move along. And then, you know, it, it is does have a cult to it. Um, we haven't got to lick it up or anything yet on our review stuff or revenge. But Creatures, I, I ranked it high. I, I loved coming into that album in the 80s and discovering it and hearing love it, I Love It Loud and War Machine the first time. Gene just kicks ass on this. And and mm. tend, I tend to lean to the albums where Gene shines because I expect Paul to always do well on an album. Right. So when Gene does, it just makes that album so much better. It's a good point. Yeah, it's a good so point. So then you get to Ace versus Creatures. And that was... Surprised me. I definitely thought Ace was going to come out on top, but the two cults went at it, and that ended up being fifty nine to well fifty nine point seven to forty point three Ace. I, I, that was surprising because I thought Ace would either win or I know that I know sixty forty is close, but I thought either Ace would win or that would be razor thin. Um, but th- th- that that was one of those votes for me. I think I may have even tweeted. I think I may have even tweeted out. Oh, look! It's the battle of the two most overrated albums in the entire discography, <laughs> trying to decide who's going to go to the final four. You know, but I, I don't know. I mean, well, w- w- once again, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm looking here at what I what I chose at that point. Um, and and you know, l- like I said, like Ace's album is a great solo record, but there's really I know it had the hit, quote unquote, of New York Groove, mm-hmm. but there's really no hits off of Ace's record that he he even plays live to this day. Maybe rip it out. He might play one or two others that he's brought in back over the years. But Creature still has those standards of Creatures of the Night and I Love It Loud and War Machine. You know, I Still Love You was in there for 20 years, 25 years after the, the song came out. So they are standard tried and true kiss classics. So even though it doesn't surprise me that creatures beat revenge, although it was the wrong decision in my opinion, <laughs> I, I I don't think there's any chance that, that, that ACE could possibly beat creatures. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually, you guys, from what you said, it's even a little bit closer than I would have expected. Cause my last four were, were, uh, were in that bracket were ACE versus revenge. Um, and then I also had Alive Two versus versus uh, MTV Unplugged, but so I had Ace versus Revenge. So Ace made it as far as it did in 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 your survey, but uh, Revenge beat it. Yeah. Okay. So re- so Revenge put up a better fight than Ace did in the end. Yeah. 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 Right. Again, yep. had that been flip flopped, if it was Revenge versus Ace, I bet you Revenge would have won. Oh, and then, uh, I don't see, know. Now this is the stuff that like it bugs me. It's like <laughs> yep. shit. Now we got to change everything next year or something, <laughs> and have them go up against each other. But that's a great one, though. You know, creatures and Ace. Uh, you know, creatures pulls it out. I, 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 I'm not surprised. So that was the ones we were fighting whether which to make the number one seed right. on that side. So, I, so then, so so if we move up, we we'll move up up to the Eddie Kramer bracket on the top right. Now this. To me, I thought the Michael James Jackson bracket with Ace and Creatures, I know we just talked about it and it's a good discussion because it's a lot of evenly matched mat, evenly matched matchups. I think it might be to me the weakest the weakest quadrant of the of the entire tournament because I think the Eddie Kramer bracket, maybe this is just me personally. I mean, 
you got Love Gun, you got Alive 2, you got Hotter Than Hell, MTV Unplugs, Killers, Crazy Nights. I mean, that just, to me, that's just loaded with stuff. Mm -hmm. And I guess you could say the same about all the brackets too. But now Love Gun, number one seed. We went back and forth on that. Now, granted, it made it to the championship against Alive, which we'll get into that shocking turn of events. But (laughs) thoughts on that? Um, if I can just pop in here quickly too, just talking one more thing about the Michael James Jackson oh, yeah, yeah. Bra- bracket. I-, I love, um, once again, I love the fact I understand why you had to include a lot of these records, but to me, I had all systems go going a lo- lot further than it me did. Too. And I know you're a big fan of that record too. Love Tom. It. Um, yep, I just think are. that that's one of the, the, maybe the best non kiss kiss record, uh, oh, yeah. uh ever. So to me, I just wanted to point that out that that there is no way in hell that the elder beats all systems go. If you were talking to, you know, a hundred aliens from Grimlock that are just hearing heavy metal for the first time, yep. only in the Kiss universe and the Kiss cult would Elder beat the all systems go. No fucking chance in hell for that. So there's another there's another matchup that we're going to talk about similar to that a, a non Kiss album versus a Kiss album when we get to the other side of the bracket. Gotcha. I want to get your thoughts at so so the Eddie Kramer bracket we got Love Gun number one. People were questionable on that, but it made it it made its way all the way to the ter- to the title game. Ah, man, yeah, that, that to me was a little bit surprising because um, Love Gun is a good studio record, but in no way, in my opinion, is it is it top two. And I even had Love Gun going as far as you Lost guys it. had it. I had the Love Gun versus MTV Unplugged. Yeah. But once again, MTV Unplugged is a lot like uh, live for me. A yeah. lot of those songs are completely different from what they were in the studio. So, um, you know, I can see Love Gun getting to top eight, top four, maybe. But against rock and like, what's the best Kiss record from the 70s? Rock and Roll Over, I would say for me. Well, for me, it's Love Gun. Okay, so, so I, you are I, a love gun guy. That's <laughs> yeah, that's that's Tom's thing. That's my thing. What do you go? I'm I'm usually uh, it's a it's what day? It's rock and roll over, hotter than hell. Yeah, gotcha. I love that album yep. and uh, and uh, and probably yeah, that would uh, those two uh, from the from the first three, I would go hotter than hell. For the la- the middle three, I, I don't know, rock and roll over, destroyer. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You know, it's it's funny though. Once again, and you guys talked about this. I, I've listened to. I think maybe on the Rat Show, which which I really enjoyed. Um, you were talking about once again. And we just mentioned this. How it's not so much the albums; it's where you come in. And, and I got into Kiss as as you know my story with Animalized, and then kind of was alive too, and then alive. And I never really went back and got the studio records. So I remember, I think Dressed to Kill, I had it. I was like, this is not as good as the songs versions on alive. So that goes for self-titled kiss that goes for hotter than hell, mm-hmm. all those records love guns. So when I see them going as far as they did, I just don't get it. Like, because I didn't grow up in that era. So when it's crazy nights versus hotter than hell, like to me, it's 90 to 10 on that one. Yep. Like, and so the fact that hotter than hell beat crazy nights, it just maybe shows the age that I am or when I came into kiss. So all of these ones are just so foreign to me to see like, you know, and I get it. I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen to your podcast that's going to go, Chris, Chris is crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But once again, there's so many great eras of Kiss that all of these records could win depending on what era you got into them. Yeah, look at Charlie. If you put Crazy oh. Nights versus Hotter Than Hell, uh, it would be 90-10, the opposite. He probably him. would have taken Second Sighting over Crazy Nights and hasn't <laughs> even heard anything from Second yeah, Sighting. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so... 
I we we do when we get when we get to this part of of this bracket. I we actually have a question from one of our Patreon members that's a big Kiss fan, a big big Chris Jericho fan. I want to ask you that in a second, but sure. so a couple of the early round, most of the early round matchups were blowouts. Where I found when I was doing the polls and looking at the stats, the second round matchups and even that third round really is when the the matchups got kind of exciting. The first round matchups were kind of a beatdown, right? But on this one. Zeus, again, I don't know if you have the numbers, and, and forgive me for putting mm-hmm. you on the spot. I All thought, right. I thought, and, and this is probably just me because I love Vinnie Vincent Invasion, and I love Killers. I thought Vinnie Vincent Invasion might put up a bigger fight against Killers. I know Killers is iconic, especially with the four original tracks. Yeah. But what were the what were those numbers? If you do have them, if not, I know Killers obviously won. Um, I, I thought maybe Vinnie Vincent Invasion would would kind of you know, fight. Cause I know there's a, there's like a Vinny cult out there too. Like you say about ACE. Um, but where were you on that, Chris? What do you think? Cause I know everybody think we just talked about all systems go Vinny debut album. Yeah. W- once again, like I said, I mean, I, I'm kind of hi- hi- hypocrisizing myself here when I say that I try to stay away from the best ofs. Yep. Um, and, and meanwhile, two of the live records made it to my top eight, but I really did stay away from the best ofs. If you don't include a live record as a best of. So when I saw kiss killers, like to me, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no fight because there's only four songs and they're okay, but you got to be really be hardcore. I think a few of those would have benefited from playing live, like down on your knees. If it would have had the lick it up, uh, animalized tour tempo boost, uh, yep. it'd be much better tune. So to me that, that Vinny, those two Vinny Vincent records are so, so great to me that I had Vinny coming right out of the first round. I didn't even think twice about it. There was no debate in it for me at all. Yeah. Um, Cause I just, I really do love those records. I just love the, the pompousness of it. Uh, the ridiculousness of Vinny's <laughs> solos, how high the vocals were like everything that you love slash hate about late eighties kind of glam metal is what Vinny Vincent did. The look, uh, the song titles, shoot ooh full of love and it's just like oh it's so bad um but it's so great so to me like i said there was really no there was really no uh no no battle for me at all if i if i can say one more little thing the the most interesting battle in this one to me for the first round was gene simmons solo record versus live to win and i'd be curious to see what the final tally of that was because this, the 78 solo record is so critically maligned. People bury it all the time. And it's really number three in the list of solo records. And Live to Win isn't overall great, but I think it is a better record than Gene's just because at least it's a rock record and it is a little bit different from what Paul was doing with some great hooks and choruses. But what was the what was the, the, the tally on that one, Zeus? All right. So let me go in order here. You guys first originally brought up The Elder and All Systems Go. Right. The Elder was 56 to 44. Wow. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right. And then I believe, who is it? Um, Vinny went up against, was killers. it empty? It went up against Killers. Yeah. Killers won 71 to 29. No. No. <laughs> wow. And then Gene to Paul's Live to Win, 56 44. Okay. That's, that's see, that right there is a typical kiss fan voting because <laughs> if you if you're if you're not completely deaf, there's no way that you, <laughs> you're, you're voting on nostalgia. You're voting on the album cover, you're voting on radioactive, you're voting but I like Live to Win. I think that really is a strong 
album for that era. I think Paul really put together some really good rock songs that fit into that era of hard rock. I think it's it, but it, it, it again, Kiss fans, it's gonna be, you're gonna be very, it's gonna be very hard for them to not vote for the nostalgia, which is Gene Simmons, which is which is why the elder beat all systems go. Nobody <laughs> of course. who has. Nobody who has good hearing is going to tell you that the elder is better than all systems. Well, and, and you know what the elder has that all systems go doesn't is the kiss logo in the top left hand of the record, <laughs> you know, and that's what Gene has. Cause I mean, exactly. I was, you know, you watch back. I remember when live to win first came out, I, I wasn't really down with it at start because it wasn't Paul Stanley, 1978. Yep. But then the more I listened to it. And then when you watch one live kiss, and hear some of the songs from that. I mean, there's some great songs in there. I mean, Live to Win is just a fucking great tune. Yep. It really absolutely. is. You know, yep. Bulletproof is awesome. And so um, I understand why Gene won, but like you said, there's no way it's a better record. No, no. Yeah. Just to break the down, the rest of that, Love Gun versus MTV, 69 to 31. I can't believe it put a beating on it. Me neither. That's ridiculous. That's- yeah. That was a coin flip for me and Love Guns my album but to, I thought I don't know that's a that's a strange one that's a real strange one Chris and, yeah. and I I had just I had that Love Gun versus MTV and then Love Gun lost so yep. so it was MTV Alive 2 is my final four bracket <gasps> or final yeah. eight I guess and then Alive 2 beat harder than hell 5842 Love Gun versus Alive 2 54.9 to 45.1. Now that's the question we got. So we got one of our one of our Patreon members and our big big fan. And he actually celebrated a birthday yesterday on Tuesday, April 13th. What's Chris his name? Vickery. Chris Vickery. Happy birthday, Chris Vickery. That's awesome, man. Yeah, great guy. Great guy. Big fan of Kiss, big fan of the show. And his question is simply the question that we were going to ask, but he's oh, asked, oh, you got to tell him what he does. Oh, he drives. <laughs> He drives like barges up and down the Mississippi River. Damn. And he takes photos of it. He's like, this is what I'm doing while I'm listening to this podcast or this album. And he'll take photo. He'll he'll, he'll take pictures of like the sunrise and the sunset. And he'll be gone for like weeks at a time, like just (laughs) plowing through podcasts. So big fan. So he's asking the question. I think a lot of people are asking, how does Love Gun beat Alive 2. I actually thought Alive 2 was going to go to the finals and maybe win for the simple reason as it's the best of Destroyer, Love Gun, Rock and Roll Over, and those original tracks with All-American Man, Rocket Ride, Larger Than Life, and it lost to Love Gun. Mm-hmm. I, what do you think? How did that happen? I don't get That's the most shocking result, I think, in the this, entire this tournament. Is Chris, this is Chris's question? This is Chris's question, yes. Well, uh, well let, let me tell you about it from my side of the coin. Because once okay. again, so Alive 2 was the first Kiss record I got with makeup. And this is back in 84, 85. So it is part of my childhood. Yep. What really bugged me about it, and although I loved American Man and Rocket Ride, was I didn't like the fact that there was five studio songs. I yep. never liked that because... I was like, why couldn't they have found five other songs to put on there? Yes. And if they were, you could have, I mean, I was a kid. I didn't care if you put on Deuce or Strutter or Cold Gin. And then you find out all these other great songs that they had in the can of like Take Me and Hooligan and all this other stuff. So I, that kind of threw a monkey wrench in it for me. And that's why I always liked the live better than I liked Alive too, because Alive was more legit to me. The drum solo was longer, like a real drum solo. The guitar solo was like a real drum solo or like a real guitar solo. You had that giant rap in the middle of a hundred thousand years, which is what <laughs> Kiss was all about. So to me, I thought that Alive too was a it was a it was a great live record, but it was a little bit more packaged and processed than Alive was. So having said that, once again, 
you know, when I think of Love Gun and, and those songs are just a little bit slower, just a little bit, you know, there's a, there's a Got Love for Sale, which is kind of like, and there's, you know, Almost Human, which is fine, but it sounds more of like a, a soundtrack for the Incredible Hulk TV show, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. and of course it, it was, and then she kissed me as yes. on there. And it's like, yeah. are we still doing this shit with the fucking stupid <laughs> cover song and Dave Clark five glad all over on a live too. And so, um, I don't know how love gun made it as far as it did, because like I said, for me, and maybe it's the bracketing, if yeah. I was going to pick one kiss studio record that lives up to the songs live, it would be rock and roll over and love gun is close, but it just doesn't quite do it for me the way that, that, that rock and roll over does. Yeah. We got a lot of comments, which is one of the things I love about this tournament is not just the voting, but people chiming in being like, wow, the fuck is this song? Is this album losing? How is this one winning? And people, everybody just kept saying, how is love gun beat alive too? It's got, and then she kissed me. It's yeah. got, and then she, <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody kept saying that. And I was like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. That, that was a shocking result for me. <laughs> well, then you moved on to the final four and you got love gunning creatures. Do you want to move on to the other brackets and then we'll get into the final four to the yeah, final. Yeah. We'll okay. save the final four for like right, the wrap up. So yeah. Start so, the next one, Tom. So if you go to the bottom left, we go into the Vinnie Poncia bracket. Another, Another strong bracket, I thought, depending on where you came in with Kiss. This is the bracket that had a live with the number one seed and rock and roll over with the two seed. And then Dress to Kill 3, Dynasty 4. Um, it was funny to me because one of the big early one of the early matchups was um that I thought was interesting was the the live compilation of You Wanted the Best versus Monster. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shows you all you need to know right there, right? Now, me personally, I, I don't mind you wanted the best because it has, like you said, it has take me, but then everyone's like, yeah, but it's got that friggin' Jay Leno interview on it. <laughs> yeah. Why is that there? But I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm like, I wouldn't monster is terrible. There was, I would, ne- I could never vote for monster over, over anything. That, well, was, the, that was well, the thing is though, man, once again, it's, it's a compilation record versus an actual album. And you're and, right. You're right. You know, to, uh, Hell or hallelujah. And, and what's the other one that I just discovered? back to the stone age no it's another another Um, kind of good rock way down no i don't even remember i'll have to i'll look it up afterwards but at least listen it should not get out of the second round but i i felt that it was no way like shout mercy that's it show mercy that's that's okay but i mean dude one and a half songs out of 12 is not a a respectable (laughs) tally but still i mean it is a kiss studio record and once again i think it's one of those things where they just don't like monster. So if yeah. it's, it could be monster versus fricking, you know, Eric singer project and Eric singer project probably would have won. Probably would have won. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's that fucking hatred for Tommy. <clears throat> really? People, does it still I, exist. I, I still think there are, it, really, does, it, does, it does exist. Yeah. Or, you still get that. It's ridiculous. The people that are still have that, Piss and vinegar for the other two. It really is because he's a great player, man. I saw Kiss three times on the end of the road tour, right up to the front, and he's flawless. He's a great player. He he's a great singer, and it's like get you guys. It's people still bag on Yannick Garris because he's an Iron Maiden. It's like get rid of Yannick Garris. It's like guys, come on. It's been twenty five years. I mean, get over (laughs) it. It's not going to change. Twenty one two. Yeah, I know. It's it's not going to change. No, they, people just have that piss and vinegar all about it. And once again, the same thing for me, um, 
uh, is alive for over Carnival of Souls. That's another one where I'm like, really? We're taking the symphony over hate and master and slave and jungle. I mean, I don't buy that either. We'll get, we will definitely get to that when we get to the Bob Ezrin bracket. Wait, wait. I'll oh, talk about one that broke my heart on this bracket here. I'm okay. sorry. We're in the Vinnie Poncia bracket. Yeah, I yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. Go ahead, Go ahead. Tom. The one that got the me. Pe- the Peter Chris solo album getting curb stomped by Freely's Comet. <laughs> yeah. Fucking ace people. Hey, ace. ace cult. Yep. Yeah. They knocked out a makeup album. Say what you want. It's still a yeah. makeup album. And yeah. it says kiss in the corner. Like I said, yeah. it's got the, let me ask you this. Can you name three songs off the Fraley's Comet record? Rock soldiers. I was going to say rock, the night in, and uh, dolls. I like dolls. 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 Come on. I love my dolls. Oh yeah. my God. That's all. <laughs> All I remember, I remember Rock Soldiers and Into the Night was a video. And I remember some song that says, you got a backstage pass and a nice little ass. And I was like, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. I don't want to hear this again. Rock Soldiers is one of the most cringeworthy songs. Oh, it's It's terrible. It's so bad. And that whole so bad. Ace in the devil and the ace in this deck. Oh God. It's so terrible, man. And 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 wasn't that the leadoff single too? Uh Into uh, the Night was. But I, that okay, was, okay. But he plays rock soldiers all the time, and the ace cult goes nuts when oh, he plays so that. bad. Stops and everyone gets excited because he's gonna say, and the devil will have to play without an ace. It, it doesn't is, even it's, fit. It's, it's so, it doesn't it's, even fit. And the it's, chorus is terrible too. Oh, the chorus, the whole song is brutal. It's meandering. It's it's yeah. slow. And maybe into the night was the first song single, but that was the first thing I saw was Rock Soldiers. I remember thinking, this is what everyone's been waiting for. This is the brouhaha. Like, okay, so you see Ace without his makeup, great. Kind of looks like Vinnie Vincent, anyways. But other than that, this is what we've been waiting for. The only the coolest thing about it is the drummer for David Letterman was in the band. Yeah, yeah. Right. I remember. I remember like the Metal Edge and Circus. Like reading about my favorite band, Kiss. Ace is coming out at the same time. I was so excited, and I'm like trying to like. I'm Rotten. trying oh. to like it. And, and and the other the song that I was that I was talking about is called "We Got Your Rock." Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. And I remember like in the Todd songs, the non-Ace lead yeah. vocal songs, actually better. They're actually kind of. Right in that hair metal kind of yeah genre. Bra- breakout was uh yeah was on that right. That's kind of the riff yeah. from Car Jam. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. You know, it's one of those things when we were talking about second sighting earlier. I think somebody that I know was involved with that record was saying that by that point in time, that Ace it might even been you guys. Ace didn't even show up, and it was mostly Todd Howard songs at that point. And that's like same old shit. Ace comes yep. back. A year and a half later, he doesn't show up. Someone else is playing guitar. Someone else is singing. It's like, you think we don't know this? Like, come on, dude. You know, seriously. Yeah. So it, one, one it had that insane song on Second Sighting. Yeah. Yes. Which yep. was basically uh, all night. <laughs> and even the video was the yeah. same. Good with golf. the nurses shaking their asses and shit. It was the same. Yeah. With their backstage passes. <laughs> so one, one of the, one of the first. Call back. <laughs> One of the first round matchups that had people coming out of the woodwork. And I, I, again, another cult was the animalized versus badlands. There oh. were people, there were people commenting saying there is no planet where animalized is better than badlands. This is the kiss fans coming out in full swarm voting for animalized. If you listen to badlands, it's one of the most underrated albums of the eighties and blah, blah, blah. 
And I, I wasn't going to really disagree with them. I mean, I love Animalize. Badlands is a great album. But for a KISS tournament that's catered towards KISS fans, Badlands had no shot. And I know you love Animalize, Chris. But, I mean, what's the connection? It, look at the title on the bracket. KISS Album Madness. Exactly. So exactly. why? Okay, I understand Badlands is in there because Eric Singer played and, on it. But, and that's it. That's you know, the connection. The, the KISS fans coming out in droves. Well, fuck yeah. I voted Animalize nine and a half, 10 out of 10, I would give 0% to Badlands because yep. if it was a Badlands album madness or a really killer album from the eighties album madness, then it'd be a different story. But if you like Badlands so much and what if Badlands makes it to the finals and suddenly the best kiss album of all time is Badlands. It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> no, but you're right. You make a great, you make a great point. And the reason we put a lot of these albums in was just to kind of represent and have people talk about no, it. We, no, we that's not- that, that, that's the that's the that's your noble side. The reason why I put these right. albums in was to create sixty four fucking exactly. brackets. That's why you oh, did. Yeah, because when I tried, point. when we originally tried, we were like going back and forth. I'm like, okay, let's do compilations. That way we would have sixty four. I'm like, I don't want to fucking people look up. Yeah. Oh, what is this greatest hits? Oh, what track is like? So we're like, okay, let's do solo ones. And even with solos, we didn't have enough. So right. we had to put in a couple compilations and live albums. And then that's how we, we yeah, basically. No, you, you guys did a great job. And like you said, if you go up to, to uh millennium concert versus trouble walking, I mean, trouble walking won that one. So some solo records did win, they you know, did. Uh, uh, that were, uh, you know, kiss related, yeah. so to yeah. speak. Yeah. I, I think, I think in that, in that Vinnie Poncia Brack, I think for me, one of the most, and I think a lot of people had a, had a good time with this matchup was I, I know Zeus hates unmasked. But when when in the second round, when Unmasked went up against Dynasty, now Dynasty won, but a lot of people love those pop yeah. disco albums. Um, that, that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good battle there for sure. Yeah, yep. that that was kind of done on purpose to see where Dynasty and Unmasked. What was the what up. was the final tally on that one, Zeus? Oh uh, shit, you're gonna make me look it up. No, I'll get pull, to it. No, pull I'll it up. get to it. We'll, we'll well, look at it. My point is, when you're looking at both those records, like they're both kind of in the same boat as far as whether they were critically acclaimed or not. And both of them, well, obviously dynasty has two big hits. If you talk about sure. No, something where unmasked really doesn't have any, right. But his overall records unmasked isn't that far behind. If you go from track one to track none, it's not that far behind dynasty. It's probably six to four. I'd say maybe. Yeah. Classic album clash. <laughs> but it's hey, a possibility. It's- yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I want to get your opinion on something though. I, I know everyone laughed at us like the album hasn't even come out yet. We did put Soul Station in. <laughs> Have you had a chance to listen to it? What are your thoughts on Paul Stanley Soul Station? Um, I appreciate Paul for doing it. I think it's really cool that he did it. And um, I listened to a couple songs, but I'm not really a soul type guy. But um, like I said, I mean, I, I have no issues with him doing it. I'm glad he did something uh, in the pandemic. And, you know, it's a broken record. I wish they would do the same thing with some new kiss tunes, but if they don't have the motivation, then they don't, yeah. they don't have the motivation. So, yeah. Yeah. By the way, 69 to 31 dynasty. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then another one that I thought would be close. And again, I, off the top of my head, I don't have the stats here. I'm not the stat guy today, unfortunately, but dress to kill rock and roll over to me. That comes down to like you say, Chris, where, where you came in with kiss, mm-hmm. Or what what sound do you gravitate towards? Because obviously rock and roll over raw, much more hard rock and yeah, dressed to kill a little bit more slick and polished. 
two different albums, but two classics. Um, I know rock and roll over advanced with that one. Um, it sounds like 66 to 34. Yeah. For rock and roll over. Yep. Wow. You know what I'll say about that? I, I guarantee one of the reasons why it did so is there's a lot of great songs on address to kill, but there is, um, rock and roll all night, the original version. And I can't think about dress to kill without thinking about that and just how how bad rock and roll night is not on a live. And I think there's none, there's no songs on rock and roll over that are like that. Like all the songs of rock and roll over played live are pretty much the same. Like they're Mm -hmm. pretty much the same tempo. If you look at it, like I want you calling Dr. Love, hard luck woman, making love ladies room. They all pretty much sound the same. It's the one kiss record in the studio where the songs didn't have to be raised in tempo Mm -hmm. or rearranged live for them to work. Good call. So, you know, and then yeah. you throw in Take Me and you throw in See Your Dreams and Mr. Speed, Baby Driver. I mean, that album's pretty much a perfect record. I mean, Love Him and Leave Him is a little bit standard, but the rest of it, it's hard to find a song that's not great on that one. Yeah, I think that's why you find a lot of people universally throwing that out there as maybe their favorite or one of the best because it's probably the it's probably the top to bottom yes. strongest. You know, I there's agree. really not, no there's really no yeah. throwaway per se. I agree. There's there's no hatred to a song on there. No. So whereas Great Expectations gets it, the crap that. on Destroyer, on Love Gun, you got Then She Kissed Me, anything for my baby on Dress to Kill. Where's the hate? I don't like um See You in Your Dreams. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. Right. There's no animosity. I'm just like it's not, I'm just not into that song. Right. Um, it's still better than Gene's fucking solo album version. <laughs> that's, that's another but one. See you in your dreams. That's got this feel you in yes. your dream. That's great with the saxophones uh, and shit. I love that <laughs> tune. The saxophone, I think that's the Gene version. Yeah, the oh, Gene yeah, version. That's right, yeah, because he redid it on his solo record. Yes. Didn't he? Yes. Yeah, and he has gotcha. Peg gotcha. Bundy in them uh, doing the yeah. background vocals. Yep. Peg yep. Bundy and 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 Rover and freaking uh, <laughs> Jackie Coogan and uh, George know. Reeves and <laughs> everybody Helen else. Reddy. <laughs> yeah, Helen Reddy. Yeah, Helen. Now, one of the matchups. This is the one I was hoping because look, I'll just get it out there. I know everybody's praising Alive. I like Alive. I don't love it. It's not even my favorite live album by Kiss. Oh wow! But I think that might be because I prefer. You know, destroy a rock and roll over love gun and that 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 so you like that, alive too better than alive. Yes, I do. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But I love I mean I love alive. I respect alive. I actually thought rock and roll over was the only album that could beat out alive, which is mm. kind of why we put them in that bracket together yeah. to try to make those challenging. But I, I it didn't happen. Remind me to get back to that thought, Tom. What okay. you just said. Okay. And I mean if love if love gun could beat alive too. I could totally see rock and roll over beating alive for sure. Yep. Well, I can tell you this part though. Once I saw alive beat the bag out of rock and roll over 64 to 35. Oh God. Yeah. I, I, like, yeah. I was like, there's nothing's going to stop alive. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. If it was closer, then I'd be like, okay. But at 65, uh, 64.7 to 35.3, I was like, there's no way nothing's going to beat alive. No, that it's like that they were making a run like Duke in the nineties. Like they were just destroying everybody in their path. Like that only they didn't even have they they had no close matchups. And we'll get to that when we get to the final four. Every every matchup for a live just absolutely just bludgeoned their opponent, which yeah. I get it. 
it's alive. It's the it, it, it's the iconic definitive so we, kiss we, album. We got to do our typical kiss uh, fan voice. Oh yeah, alive. That's the greatest. <laughs> you are an idiot if you don't like alive. It's the only one. <laughs> So that so then we so any other Chris any other thought or Zeus any any other thoughts on no, Vinny no, Poncia what happened there? Go to Ezrin. Okay, so Bob Ezrin top left, uh, Destroyer number one seed, Kiss debut number two seed. Then we threw Paul Stanley's seventy eight solo number three. We almost made that two. Remember? Yep. Like, nah, they'll people will get pissed if we make that three. Yeah, I mean two. Excuse me. Yep. Chris, where are you on what's going on with this bracket in terms yeah, of seeding or? It's interesting because once again, um, when I'm looking through it and seeing, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Carnival of Souls losing to Alive Four, I think ridiculous. Is, is pretty ridiculous. You know, that was bad. Um, but other than that, kind of looking through, it's pretty standard for the first round. Yeah, you know, I pretty much would have picked all those ones. Just when we get to the second round, where I have a lot of issues, once again, Kiss versus Trouble Walking in no way, shape, or form should kiss beat trouble walking because you know, that's still the crux of their live set, but that album, if you put that album on, it's not the live versions. I find it very boring, very early seventies. It's like listening to the first anthrax record where it's okay, but there's really nothing there. So when you tell me that kiss beats Paul Stanley, 78, I disagree times a thousand because I think Paul's record is one of the top four Kiss records of all time. I think it even made it to my final four, uh, if if I if I recall correctly. Uh, and that's where I'm like, you're just voting for the Kiss record because it's Kiss and not the Paul Stanley solo. But the two records don't even stand side by side. Paul blows it away to seventy Kiss. That's, yeah, come on over over Paul Stanley. Now, mind yeah, you, I put ridiculous. it over because we reviewed both these albums. I put Paul Stanley, and that's the one I got shit on the most when I put Paul Stanley as our, our, I think it was the second after Rock and Roll Over, ahead of the debut. And I got so much shit for it. I should have realized this was going to happen. Yeah. No, and, and I agree. And like I said, I think there's certain things you were talking about. We mentioned the cults. I think the first Kiss record has the cult of people behind it. You know, once again, like, I don't even know if Charlie would take kiss over paul stanley but that kiss record is good but i just think black diamond and just how you know if you remember if it was like uh uncensored or something where they talk about the the, the band bottoming out and kiss yeah uh, and yeah, yeah. All mm-hmm. doped up where they're playing that <laughs> that's what i feel listening to this whole album it's just fucking boring and alive is so exciting and energetic you'll never hear me listening to kiss probably ever again, because all those great songs that I want to hear are on alive anyways, and bumped up, you know, 30 BPMs each to where they're just much more exciting and energetic. Yeah. See, it's, it's your analysis of these albums is, is not, if everybody did what you, what you're talking about, then you would have had completely different results. Cause a lot of people, and I, and I get it. It's yes. kiss. There's probably very few bands that have a, as passionate a fan base as Kiss. Right. Okay. So people are a lot are a lot of times voting on the nostalgia. Oh, first album yes. that the, the the makeup on that album. It's it looks different. Look at Peter. Oh, it's the first time I heard Firehouse and Cold Gin. Okay, that's great, and I give you credit for that, and you, and that's your right to vote for who you want to vote for. But Paul Stanley '78 is. I mean, it's a better album. It's classic. I mean, it is. You know, it's, it's a great it's, album. It's yep. a bona fide '70s rock and roll classic. Yep. And you know, once again, along the same lines, I'm actually really surprised 
that Asylum beat Double Platinum for that exact same reason. Because it's Double Platinum. You know, it's yep. got all the hits on it. Meanwhile, it's all the hits. And I don't want to say boring, but you guys know what I'm saying. Everybody yeah, listening yeah. to what I'm saying. The energy is not there that you find on Alive and Alive 2 with those exact same songs. Whereas a- a- Asylum has nothing but energy. And whether you like that era of Kiss or not, it's original. It's energetic. It's It's exactly what was going on in the times. And it's a great written record. So I'm glad to see that asylum beat double platinum uh, as it should have handily. I yeah, think that, that might go ahead. Zeus, because that we have our, our buddy, Sonny Pooney. I don't know if you know him. What a piece of shit. He is. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has about 500 burner accounts and uh, he goes out. <laughs> and votes, hey, and that's how I just came out on top. I, I, you know, I'm always what's best for business. And I actually invited Sonny Pooney to come on talk as Jericho. And you guys, uh, he said, he snubbed me, said he was out of town and didn't want to do the show. <laughs> or something Christ like that. You said something me. like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. <laughs> I just silent. I demanded he be here at a certain time. He said he had other plans. I'm like, other plans? Break them. <laughs> it's your daughter's uh, high school, you know, dance. Break it. Here we it's go. It's Jericho calling you here. It's like freaking Batman calling you on the on the hotline. You better get over here, Sonny Pooney. <laughs> here we go. You've been Fucking warned, Pooney. Dude, I take I take these clips and I have a field day with them. Anytime his well, name and gets the, and the worst part is, didn't you say his brother was like Jerry Pooney or like Robbie <laughs> Danny, Pooney? Like Danny. Danny. Every idiot in his family has a EY at the end. Sonny Pooney, Danny Pooney, Johnny Pooney, Jerry Pooney, Sally Pooney. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. Um, you will see Sonny Pooney and Danny Pooney are our cabin mates on the Kiss Cruise. That's right. You're gonna get to meet all. You're gonna get. You're gonna get to meet all of us. So get you ready know for that. Started. I only had Danny coming with me, and then we had you on with with Bruce. Uh, with Bruce, and then Tommy's like, "Fuck, I think I want to go." I'm like, "I gotta, oh, go. See? I gotta go." I'm and in. Then he jumps in, and then Sonny jumps in. Well, you know, every every few years you hear of a cruise where someone just goes missing, <laughs> and they, fi- they thought that they got too drunk and <laughs> fell overboard. Well, if you see me feeding the Pooney brothers shots of straight tequila one night at about 4 a.m., don't ask any questions. Oh, nice. (laughs) To get back, Asylum 52, double platinum. Wow. Now, now Chris, that's the now it's funny because that's the rare matchup where it kind of is the reverse of what I just said. That's the rare matchup where I think people were voting not with nostalgia and voting yeah. on the quality of the record because I love double platinum. Cause it, it was, it I got that. I actually, I still have my original 1978 the copy and the, the gatefold. I loved it, but asylum and people love asylum. And I, I I'm one of them. I, I'm sure you yeah. do too. I know Zeus loves it. I'm sure you do too, Chris. So that was, I was happy in a way to see that a, a, a non makeup studio album advanced. Well, and that's exactly what I just said, you yeah. know, is, is, is it kind of does break the mold of guys and girls just falling into seventies kiss beats all kiss yep. and actually paying attention to the, to the records themselves. Cause asylum is one of the best eighties kiss records, you yeah. know, in a lot of ways it is, it is the best. If you're talking just from that kind of Bon Jovi Desmond child type era, cause revenge is not that. So, right. Um, yep. but, and once again, just to make another mention, now that we're in the right bracket here of Alive 4 beating Carnival of Souls, Terrible. that goes back to what we're saying on just, they're just voting for Alive. There's no way. I mean, Carnival of Souls, is it a classic Kiss record? No, but there's four or five great songs on it that definitely should have beat just a rehash with the, uh, you know, Sydney, Australia Symphony involved. 
Well, we got a lot of comments on that. And I think that I kind of liken that one to, uh, you know, maybe a political election where maybe you're not necessarily voting for the person you want, but you're voting against. Yes, exactly. People exactly. People hate Carnival of Souls. So I don't I, I find it hard to believe that that many people like Alive 4. I think that was an anti Carnival poll right there, which is ridiculous in my book. But anyways, no. And once again, like like I said, what do you hate about Carnival? Like if you like heavy metal, um, you know, there's some great riffs. If you like Unholy, I guarantee you like hate. And if, if you're listening to this going, I've never heard hate. I just heard that Carnival Souls was a grunge record. It's not a grunge record. It's it's, it's it fits in exactly what was going on at the time, but it's also still Kiss. So mm-hmm. go check out Hate and go check out Master and Slave and listen to Rain and Jungle. I guarantee you'll like the tunes. Now, all the tunes aren't good, but those ones are very good. So at least, at least worthy of an original record getting past a, a rehashed live album with the exact same songs as the last three, just with a symphony added. And if you mm-hmm. like that, that's your, that's fine too. But to me, it's Kiss album madness, and Carnival has enough songs to stand on its own. Yeah, we're all fans of Carnival. Here, here's the thing: we have a bunch of group of podcaster friends. We're on this text exchange. All they do every once in a while, their go-to joke is "Ah, grunge. It's better than fucking grunge." And they are a very loud majority of this hard rock 80s type of fan that just fucking hate grunge. And they associate right or wrong, yeah, wrong yeah. with Carnival Souls as grunge. So they're like, oh, Kiss is yeah, ripping off. Know, that fucking you, album is good. You, you, know, you, you find that, though. Listen, there, there's certain fans, like, <laughs> like we mentioned Iron Maiden earlier. Uh, some I did an interview that there was someone said, what's the most underrated Iron Maiden record? And I said, The X Factor. It's the first record with Blaze Bailey. It's very dark. Uh, if you're in the mood to listen to Pink Floyd, you might listen to The X Factor. Point is, to me, I like all eras of Iron Maiden as much as I like all eras of Kiss. Obviously, there's ones that I like better than others. I like all eras of the Beatles, too. But that's the sign of le- longevity and diversity. And when I'm a fan of the band, I don't I don't just discount a record because, oh, that's the grunge record. Or that's that that 80s glam rock sucks. It's still Kiss. It's still Paul and Gene. And their hooks and their style always shines through mm-hmm. no matter what you know era it is. So to me, I don't see it as a grunge record. I see it as 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 kind of what was going on at the time, and and they they gave it a shot. And some of it's great, and some of it's not. But we said the same thing about Love Gun a few minutes ago, and about yep. Hotter Than Hell a few minutes ago as well. So yep. two points I want to make though: Are you a fan of Rainbow? Yeah, I'm not a diehard. I, I fan. love I love all three eras. There you go. And and that's the problem. Oh, Joey Lynn Turner shit sucks. Oh, the deal shit sucks. You you can't be right in the middle. I like them all. It's almost like three different bands. It works. Yep. Hey, dude, yep. it's the same thing when Van Halen passed away. And, oh, yeah. and, and they asked me to do a Van Halen sh- show for the Van Halen channel. I put two of the Gary Sharon songs on it. You know why? Because it's still Edward Van Halen on guitar. Yep. I don't care if you like it or if you've never heard it. It's the same fucking guy with a, with a new singer. It's still Richie Blackmore uh, yep. who asked Joel and Turner, get me on the radio. If you don't like that era, don't blame Joel and Turner. Blame Richie Blackmore. He's the (laughs) one who asked for it. Yeah. You know, by the way, appreciate it to to end 52 to 48. That's what Carnival lost. Okay. Well, it's close, though. So at least it wasn't a blow away. That makes me feel a little bit better. No. And then you get and then the next matchups, then you get Destroyer Asylum. You knew what was going to happen there. I thought Paul Stanley 78 versus Kiss would be a little close. I figured Kiss would win and it did. Um, 
70 30. Yeah, that's yeah, too man. much. That's that, crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, and once again, I'm looking at my last four. Paul made it out of that bracket. So it was Paul versus Alive and yep. MTV, versus, MTV versus Revenge on the other side. Um, I think, once again, Destroyer is a great record, but I think it's more critically acclaimed because it's Destroyer, the iconic cover. Everyone talks about how Destroyer is their best, this and everything. It's not their best. I it's mean, not. once again, it's got a lot of great songs that are a lot better live. Um, if I hear Shout Out Love Studio ever again with that terrible <laughs> wedding bells and piano in there, I'll shoot myself. But it was very, you know, legendary and monumental for the time. But I think those songs played live now, and there's so many of them, you know, are way better live. Detroit Rock City, King of the Nighttime World, God of Thunder, Shout Out Loud. You know, Beth is is pretty shitty too, you know, but but – it's it's a good record, but I still think that there's a lot of uh, argument to how Asylum could beat Destroyer for sure, and definitely yeah. how Paul Stanley '78 could. Oh yeah, but there's no better. And I'm in the Kiss. We actually did an episode on this three songs in a row. I think it's probably the best that I can think of. My favorite, at least for me, best three in a row to open an album. One, two, Detroit Rock City, King cool. of Nighttime World, and God of Thunder. All of them, and I don't think any, and I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. I think when people get into Destroyer, being not a lot of people like the production, you know, like with "Do You Love Me," it's got the bells, the calliope shit going on, you know. Then, then you know, there's some, there's some filler in there. Sweet pain, sweet pain, and flaming youth, and great expectations. Those are bad songs. But Paul really, really, really wants to know if you love him. Exactly, and I'll (laughs) give him that because I love that song. But I I think, I, I think that I think the problem with Destroyer, unlike Rock and Roll Over, it Destroyer is a top heavy album. It's not an even album. And that, to me, that you can't you your best album can't be an uneven album. No, and once again, you're going off just the reputation of Destroyer and the legendary status of Destroyer. But for right. example, when they took Crazy Nights out of the set on the end of the road tour and put in "Do You Love Me," I was I was let down. I was like, ah, oh, really? Yeah. Do we really okay. want to hear that again? And it's cool, but I think "Do You Love Me" the first twenty seconds is the best part of the song. Oh, but, totally. You know. Once again, if you're going to pick Destroyer to go all the way, I'm not going to, no pun intended, I'm not going to demean it because it is a legendary album in the Kiss Pantheon for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's probably more of the hardcore fans like us that would argue for Paul Stanley, whereas the most people that are on here would go, don't even fucking talk to me. It's Destroyer. It's great. Let's move on. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, So so the the last thing I want to bring up is Destroyer versus Debut. Destroy is 65.3, debut 34.7. Not wow. even close. Oof, that's unfair. How much was it? 65.33 to 34.7. Gotcha. Yeah. So not even that close. We no. did this now on purpose because we thought of it this way. Let's have Destroyer, because we knew that was going to happen. Destroyer to face alive. Therefore, that you have at least two championships that you got them to go the big beast to go up against each other. Mm-hmm. We didn't want it to, to by any chance that they don't match up. So we definitely wanted destroying alive to be on the same side, just in case something happened. And, you know, you got that on the left, on the right, you got love gun versus creatures. 
is a big difference <laughs> in, in those four. <laughs> there, there, there is. I mean, I I was happy with the final four because I I like lo- I like Love Gun. You know, creatures. I like. I I thought it was interesting. But Zeus, you 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 said it exactly. We purposely arranged the bracket so that the championship would not be alive destroyer because that's way too predictable. Yeah. So we 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 satisfied right. every Kiss fan where they 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 were allowed to go up against each other, but then have something kind of unique on the right side of the bracket, which we ended up having, which was good. I don't know whether it was or not people alive too. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, what we yeah. thought it was going to be yeah. alive versus alive too. But yeah, but I also think it's good too that with all the compilations that we put in here, with all the live albums we put in here, the final four ended up with three three studio albums and one live. So I mean, at least that that yeah. That, and and that, like I said, that live record is is more than just a live record. That exactly. is to me it 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 you know that that is to me the the ultimate Kiss record, um, the quintessential Kiss album. And for me, I had it up against Revenge, which is perfect for me as well because revenge yep. is my favorite kiss studio record and alive is my favorite record overall. So um, like you guys said, you, you, you bracketed it perfectly uh, even for me in that revenge made it all the way uh, to, to the end. And, and once again, what I was saying to you before Tom with alive too, it's another reason why I don't think it was going to be alive versus alive too. Cause I think there's a lot of people like me that just, not that we were bothered by the fact that there was a studio side, but that to me is not a real live record because it shows mm-hmm. you there's not enough good material to fill it out. I always hated when bands did that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, that's a kind of a thing too. Uh, OCD. I don't. I don't like f- you know five songs in there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like like once again, like the Kiss. If the, I mean, dude, the packaging for Alive Two blows it away. There's nothing yeah, right. better. There's 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 a there's a similar one. Opening Alive 2, that gatefold, which, once again, kids these days will never experience that. That fucking picture where Paul later said they just lit off every... Like, There's no point in the show where that happens. (laughs) They just lit off every fucking bomb and everything. That is the only one that's akin to it is Iron Maiden Live After Death. When you open that one, Mm. and Eddie, giant Eddie with the the flame shooting out of his eyes as Steve Harris is jumping off the riser. Like, those are live records to me. And the fact that Kiss had those five studio songs with another cover and Rock in the USA, which is a very annoying song. Three out of the five are great. <laughs> yes. But I'm like, couldn't you have just recorded these live and made them new songs or added some crowd noise in the back and said, you know, we're going to play a bonus song for you yeah. or something like <laughs> yeah. fuck that. They could have easily done that. But so I think that's always been a little bit of a sticking point to me as to why Love Gun or as why Alive 2 isn't better than Alive. They're both great records, though. I see that, but my flip side argument to that is you get the best of both worlds. You got a great live album, and then you then they threw in they threw in a little bonus. They gave you some original tracks, which I see you I see your point. It's not a full live album, but to me, I look at it as a little special gift that they gave. Look, the- and, and once again, I I totally agree with it. I think it's a yeah. great record. I just think maybe that's why I didn't make it further. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, I I played drums on Hollywood Game Night with host is Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch, you know that chick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they they're like, oh well, we want you to do something in between the games. Can you go play with the band in between? So I played with the band. We went to break. We came back from break. I was on drums, and at the end of it, when I did the big cymbal crash, I went Peter Chris on the drums. <laughs> And she was like, yeah. what? I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you must have had about uh, about five drops of Kiss references in the Stone Cold interview. <laughs> I sat up last night. I watched it. 
two hours. I'm like, oh, the bed around 11, one o'clock. I finished the damn thing. I'm like, I should have fucking counted and told him. But that's just must how have dropped I talk. Like, I can't even I think of any. Oh, yep. I know. Anytime I watch AEW, all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, she went from Gene Simmons days really. I mean, yeah, I yeah, catch yeah, them yeah. all the time. And I love and that. That's, inside that's, just, fucking that's just how I talk at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I want to ask you then. So this is kind of, for me, it's an interesting question. So Tom and Chris, double platinum. Do you like that style of a greatest hits? Or do you like smashes, thrashes, and hits? Greatest hits and two new songs. Okay. So I thought you were going to ask me about Chris. You go first. Um, yeah, it's weird because right. like. Uh, I, I I usually don't like the new songs because they're usually kind of wasted, but it smashes thrashes and hits has one of my all time favorite kiss songs on it in X and sex. I think it's, yeah. it's one it's, it's top 10 for me from that era. And obviously they put some time into it with Desmond writing with Paul and the, and the two videos. So um, I, I've never listened to that album. It's in, in its entirety, to be honest with you, other than when I first bought it. But I have listened to those two songs and most specifically X and Sex probably 5,000 times. So in that case, it worked. Most of the time, it doesn't because the songs are just throwaways and you don't really remember them or really hear about them ever again. Yeah. So you prefer a Greatest Hits album in, if you could. Now, yes. we know you like Lex, X and Sex, but if you could, a Greatest Hits album, just yes. put two extra songs. Don't put new material. Well, yeah, because a greatest hits record is your greatest hits, and a new song is not a hit, so it doesn't work. So, what did you, what did you think? So, for me, and I've made this a mil- I've said this a million times. I love Strutter seventy eight on double platinum. Okay. What do you think about what do you think about them taking a song and and remixing it for the now? Smashes, thrashes, and hits is fucking horrific. That <laughs> the, the the remixing and re recording of that compilation is a total disaster. I it's can't. So bad it it's so bad but like the, I the, thought the, they, the, the, the audacity and god bless them but to have eric Carr sing beth it's like oh it's just terrible it's a terrible idea um yeah it's it, it's see maybe, uh, but i love but I, go maybe ahead go has ahead. done that quite a few times and halloween has done that they had prowler 88 they had i think charlotte the harlot 88 halloween had starlight and victim of fate but they did it with the new singer so to me, it's like it's it's the old song upgraded with the new singer, which is cool. Strutter yeah. seventy eight. Um, I'm not even really sure what the difference to it is. Listen it's to them back slower. to back. Str- Strutter seventy eight has a little disco shuffle to it. it had yeah, a- yeah, I remember, but it's really like you know whatever. So uh, eh. yeah, well, I'll I'll tell you one thing that's interesting. <laughs> I like it. It's what like Bon Jovi did on Crossroads. Well, they still put Living on a Prayer there, but then they did a new updated version said Living on a Prayer 97. So you still get it because I would be yeah. pissed if I oh, bought a yeah. Bond movie album and oh, it's yeah. hits and Living on a Prayer is not the version everyone knows. There's a guy in Kim uh, there's a guy in Canada, his name is Kim Mitchell, and he's a Canadian. Like he's like the George Thurgood of Canada. Like he's got 20 hit songs. Yeah. Every freaking, you know, May long weekend, if there's some huge bash, you know, at the lake, Kim Mitchell's headlining, whatever. And he had a greatest hits where his two biggest songs are Patio Lanterns and Lager and Ale. And he re-recorded them <laughs> in a different range. So I'm like, this is the worst piece of shit I've ever heard in my life. And this is <laughs> this is pre-iTunes. So you buy it to have the greatest hits. Like, my two favorite hits are fucking changed. Why would you do that? I hate this greatest hits album. They smashed it on the floor. 
and 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 I and I don't know what version of the album it is, but White Snake did that. They re-recorded "Here I Go Again" with additional oh, yeah. keyboards, which is like five versions of this. Yeah, Def, yeah, Le- yeah. Def Leppard did it with "Bring It On the Heartbreak," where they added like some kind of enhancements, and it's just uh, terrible. It's your greatest hits. Don't. Matt is let me fast times very much Ridgemont High Force Whitaker. Don't fuck with it. (laughs) They're your hits. That's why they're hits. Just give me greatest hits. Yep. All right, let's get us back on track. So we're at the final four. You got Destroyer versus Alive, Love Gun versus Creatures, and obviously becomes Alive versus Love Gun. Um now Alive beat Destroyer 56.3 to get to the finals. Mm. Love Gun beat Creatures 62.2. That was shocking to me. Point eight mm. Beat it bad. That was well, shocking to me because I thought the Creatures cult would be stronger. But <laughs> it's original makeup versus. No, you're right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So now you get to, to the final. Alive versus Love Gun. Obviously, Alive wins. Da, 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 da. 62.6. To 37.4, which my point is, Destroyer would have put up a better fight, and it did. No, oh, no doubt. Des- Des- Destroyer, you say, you're saying yeah. Destroyer put up a better fight against Alive? Or- yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, well, once again, you know, you're talking about the legend of Destroyer, and I think almost maybe because this bracket was set the way it was, that there was probably a lot of people, you know, like Eddie Murphy voting for Jesse Jackson. He fucking won? <laughs> To where when Love Gun got to that point, they're like, okay, the joke's over. Like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. I just um, voted for Jesse Jackson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I think that Love Gun did a great job. And had Creatures been put in there, I think it would have been the same. They're both at this point, you know, very critically acclaimed studio records that have some great tunes that are still played live. A couple filler songs. But when you come up against the live, I can't think of a better Kiss record. Like I said, I, I think when I was probably 23 or 24 years old, living in Mexico, I made a list of my top 100 all-time records, and I wrote descriptions for each because I was super bored living there. And Alive was my number one record of all time. Yep. Is it still to this point? I'm not sure, but it would definitely be top five. Still listen to it from song one, from from, from Deuce all the way through to Let Me Go Rock and Roll. They still played 50% of the record live. Uh, the energy's there. It made Kiss into what they are today. So I can't really put anything up against it as far as what would be a better representation of what Kiss is in 1975 and in 2021. Did you ever have a time where Kiss came like fell out for you? No, it really didn't because I was always really uh, influenced by Paul Stanley. So yeah. Paul was always good, right? If I was a big, big Gene fan, like I know Frank from Fozzie yeah. loved Kiss all around the board, but Gene was his favorite. And when Gene kind of turned into mod as we make jokes yeah. and all that sort of stuff, he couldn't take it. Whereas Paul was Paul. He, he never yeah. changed. He was always great. So they never really fell out of favor until – to be honest with you, when the when they put the makeup back on and the whole mania of of the of the reunion tour kind of subsided, I was kind of like, well, where do they go now? And mm-hmm. they're going to go right back to where they were. It's going to be, you know, they're going to start arguing, and you know, someone's going to quit, and someone's going to get drunk, and that's basically what happened. So, Kiss creatively kind of fell out with me when they when they reunited, but I still would go see them live. But but the kind of <clears throat> 
this is my favorite band now kind of ended then they're probably still my overall favorite band besides the Beatles, mm-hmm. because I do nothing but talk about them and yeah. listen to kiss. Yep. But I know that kiss from 2000 to 2020 is not the same kiss that I, that I got oh. into from, you know, 82 to, to, to 98, for example. But fans keep kiss going. Mm-hmm. It's like us to bring to the kids. So I'll tell you a quick story. I, as you know, I just picked up my daughter. Right. I'm running back here, and in my car, I've got Deep Purple's first album on. I don't know if you know it, but on there is a cover version of um, "Help" of the Beatles. Right. And I'm driving here, and my daughter goes, "This isn't the Beatles. Oh. What the hell did she pick that up? I don't. <laughs> I don't play the Beatles, but my 12 year old knows it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the difference. Like we. Oh yeah. About it. Like the Beatles steel is, and I bet she picked it up because she does music, violin, uh, not violin, uh, saxophone and stuff. In music class, they still talk about the Beatles and stuff. They don't talk about, hey, yeah. Uh, and then Peter Chris was replaced by Eric Carr. And- <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but but here, here's what I'll tell you. And I think I've told you this story before. When I took my son and his friend to see Kiss, I think it was 2014. Uh, so it was one of the one of the tours. One, I don't even remember which one it was. And they put us kind of in a really cool area kind of where Paul flies to that platform and love guns. So we were right there. Uh, they had the kids put the confetti into the fans for rock and roll night nice. and they loved it. And they were saying, man, the Spaceman is the best guitar player. I love the Spaceman. There was no Tommy Thayer, Ace Fraley, Bruce Kulik arguing Vinnie Vincent, Mark St. John. It was just that we love the Spaceman cause he's cool. Mm-hmm. He shot, flames off of his guitar now some people might go well it's not the real spaceman that's bullshit but for my kids at the time who were gosh i don't know 12 13 years old that was their spaceman and that's why yep. kiss is eternal much like metallica or the stones or or, or all these Beatles, because they relate to every fan base and people don't really care the specifics about it they just know that the band is cool Demon, Starchild, Catman, and Spaceman are four distinct personalities, which no other band in history has ever had, with the exception of the Beatles. And that's something that can go on forever. And that's why when they say that, you know, they can replace themselves and have a Vegas residency, I have no doubt in my mind that they will do that because they can. Because mm-hmm. yeah. as long as the guys can sing and play, you put the makeup on, it fits. Yeah. No, you yeah. you nailed it. You nailed it. Now, before we let you go, because we know time's getting tight here. <clears throat> obviously we always appreciate your input on everything here. So just conversationally speaking, not saying that we're going to make a commitment to anything, but give us an idea if you have one for a 2022 tournament. Well, it's hard because you need 64. You could do 32. You so could we make were like thinking an, this one. You, a deep you could do like, one. you could do an NIT tournament. I, I, I have, I have two ideas that are kind of in the same vein. What idea did you have Zeus? Well, we we're going to say the deep cuts. Take whatever one in the top eight yeah. of each or the top 12, whatever the numbers were. Get them out of both yeah. the polls because we did the makeup and then we did the non-makeup. Right. Yep. And so if you take out the top ones out, let's let the rest of them battle out. That's a good yeah, idea. Or, yeah, take, take out any, any, you could do like any song that they made a video of or any song that they play live is disqualified, any single. The other one that I had, you could probably do 64 for both, is best Paul Stanley song. And best Gene Simmons song. Ooh, yeah, yeah. The only the only thing is with that is, are you saying to put them in each side, like Paul on the left, Gene on the right? Either or. 
You could or, do 64, Paul. I mean, you know, if Paul sings it, and it's if it's a Gene and Paul compilation, but Paul sings it, it counts as a Paul song, shall we say? Interesting. Well, we could do the all four of them. We could do all in four, the four brackets. Well, that's the well, four brackets. Well, I mean, we could do solo songs from Peter, Chris, and Ace, and then just put them in. Could have just said, "Great idea, Chris. That's awesome. <laughs> we'll think about it." You always got to, you got to tell my good idea. You're gonna put Peter, Chris songs versus fucking Paul Stanley songs, and think there's any chance at all? It's gonna be here's the Peter, Chris version. ESP, Badlands, Out of Control, Soul Station. You're wrong. Black Diamond. That's not yeah. Peter didn't write it. Uh, we're not talking about writing. We're, talking oh, we're going back into vocals. this now. It's we're making our own rules. <laughs> yeah, we like to have things. We like to change it up. You got to read the fine print. Okay. All right. All right. Black Diamond. What else you got? All print Lyman. That's it. What else you got? Black Diamond. What else you got? You matter to me. <laughs> yeah. Dirty Living. Nothing to lose. Hooligans. Hooligans. Yeah, yeah. I didn't put that in there. Well, what do you got? You got five songs you can put in there. Oh, no, you, you blew his, your own. You blew your own thing. Solo album. He's got enough tracks to make it work. Dude. How many did he write? Are we saying singing or writing? No, we're singing. We're talking no. singing. Wrote, he really didn't write. We're All right. You know what? I'm going to do the uh, the uh, Todd of Punder podcast and me and, and Sonny Pooney and Georgie Pooney and Davey Pooney and all them freaking poonies are going to do our own version. Paul Stanley, best song, Gene Sims, best song, and you guys aren't invited. So what do you think about that? Well, maybe Tom will be invited, but Zeus, you can sit at home and call in and if I got an open spot, maybe I'll take your call. <laughs> See, I, I this is what happens. We can't ask Chris his opinion because then whatever he says, it becomes law. Because <clears throat> I, I know right, I know right now, next March of 2022 guys don't you remember last year i told you gene versus paul this isn't what i said that's yeah. what's gonna happen i'm not filling this out fuck you it's supposed yeah. to be gene versus paul fuck off well i just gave you ideas for 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 the next two or three years chances are you won't be around that long anyways so oh. if you <laughs> Now he has this killing, uh, killing us. So maybe on the cruise. Oh, God. <laughs> that's right. You get to hang out with us on the cruise. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, Chris, thank you as always for taking the time. We appreciate these. These are, these are some of our most fun episodes breaking out and analyzing this. So we appreciate it, buddy, very, very much. Thank you. Always a blast. And uh, you guys are always very creative with all these things. So I look forward to seeing what you come up with next. Chris, thank you, buddy. You rock. Appreciate it. And so there you have it. Uh, that was our uh, conversation with Chris. Uh, tons of fun. What'd you think? Yeah, I, look, we love having Jericho on all the time. And, and we thank him. You know, we know his time is valuable. And for him to give us some time to talk about this is great. And there is nothing that I enjoy more than discussing and analyzing Kiss, specifically Kiss albums, because talking about Kiss songs is one thing, Kiss members, but Kiss albums, because those are the things that mean the most to Kiss fans, the albums and makeup, non-makeup, 70s, 80s, 90s, way you came in on the Kiss elevator, you know, all that stuff. And just the different perspectives with the three of us talking, you know, why Chris thought this about a certain bracket or a certain album, it, it, it's just that's why we do this. And that's why we're just, we're so gracious to have him on to have another huge lifelong kiss fan to kind of break it down and look at these matchups and what went right, what went wrong, what should have won, what didn't win. Nobody's going to argue and be like, Oh, I can't believe a live one. That's ridiculous. No. I mean, we, we knew a live was going to win. 
for me, the part of the part of the ride, part of the fun was the ride getting to that championship matchup. Um, and it's just great fun talking about. It. I, I love this stuff. Chris gave a, an interesting perspective. I think there was a bunch of times in this conversation that we had where everybody made a valid point about something, an observation or something mm-hmm. you didn't think about, but somebody else brought up. You're like, wait. And it just the discussion was almost um, well, it was very organic. And, you know, oh, we, yeah. don't, we don't talk to Chris about, hey, let's talk about this. Let's break it down like this. And then let's talk about this. And I've got these. It's just go. We're on and we go. And mm-hmm. it's nice to hear his perspective and your perspective, Tom. And everyone's got a different look on certain albums and certain reasons why things won out over another album. And uh, I find it fascinating. I always love the breakdown of, oh, getting inside the Kiss fan mind, yep. you know, and why yep. things happen in the, oh, fucking ace. And, um, <laughs> yep, yep. and the rest of the stuff. Oh, alive. Yeah. Alive. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. that yep. stuff. And uh, it, it was a, a great time. I, you know, I was saying after we hung up, I'm like, I think that was like our best talk with him. Yeah, it was Honestly. great. And one of my favorite parts about it was talking about two of my all-time favorite Kiss albums was the the question that Chris Vickery, you know, great great friend of the show, got to ask Chris, "What are your thoughts on how Love Gun beat Alive Two? Because, I, like I said, I thought Alive Two was going to cruise to the championship against Alive. You know, and he he had his perspective about you know how he he likes it but it doesn't match the bombast and the 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 craziness of alive and cheated with some of those original songs and some of them are shitty you know rocking in the usa in any way you want it and different perspectives you know and, and that's that's why that's what we want that those are the kind of kiss discussions we like you know and we know chris is a is an 80s kiss guy you know he loves animalize and crazy nights and asylum his thoughts on some of those non makeup albums and and how they advanced and then kind of hit a wall with the classic seventies albums, you know, just really good, really good stuff for, for all of us to talk about and listen to each other. Yeah. It's a Wednesday night. So right now, probably I think, uh, AEW dynamite is going on. Chris is probably as hot as he's ever been, Yep, you know, in his long illustrious 30 year career in wrestling. He just was on with, uh, stone cold, Steve Austin. And it was like the biggest, jaw drop news during WrestleMania week that he got invited back onto WWE. What was that about? And then this week he has stone cold on his podcast amongst all that craziness, all that hype, all that stuff going on. Chris's life. Hold on. I got to get on shout it out loudcast and talk about the kiss album madness tournament. Yep. It's great. It's great. That's that's a kiss fan. Yep. And and you could, and you could tell by his tone in his conversation that he was he was into it. He he had his passionate you know thoughts. It's funny. It's like he's talking about it. He's like us. Like he's like I don't know, kiss is probably t- all right. I probably talk about kiss. Like he's like disappointed yep. him, mad at himself. Like yeah, it's like all us kiss fans. Like oh, another fucking compilation. This is so annoying. Are you gonna buy it? Oh yeah, I already ordered. Yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Oh, yeah, kiss. I mean, like I got you know they really annoy. I've, I've really seen. It. I've already done it. Uh, yeah, Kiss is probably my favorite band. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can't escape it. No, no, yep. no. So uh, I, I it was a fun time uh, and a fun conversation with Chris. 
And we, again, as we said many times already on this episode, we love these discussions and breakdown and analysis of these Kiss songs or Kiss albums. And uh, it's no, I mean, it's fun, me and Tom doing this, because this is what we used to do. But it's, it's, you can't put a price on having this with all of you guys and discussing this with you guys and breaking this down and analyze it in the, in the, the jabs that everybody takes at each other. What fucking planet do you live on where this is better than this? Are you fucking high? That song sucks. Uh, Ace number one. Or, you know, it's just, I can't explain. So it brings, I know personally, it brings me a ton of joy looking at all the comments and reading and seeing the interaction. So I want to say thank you to everybody that got involved and everybody that uh, makes this, Kiss madness thing, a yearly fun thing that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, the polls are fun. You know, we don't do this because we want to see who actually is going to win the tournament. You know, who you know who cares? What we do this for is to have a month long stretch of just in depth, detailed conversation about Kiss and and like Zeus said, those jabs that that friendly kiss like. What the fuck? How do you think Creatures is better than Revenge? Oh, Revenge is the best. Oh, Revenge is overrated. Oh, Ace is overrated. Or I can't believe you picked Crazy Nights over Harder Than Hell. Like, that's what this is all about. And and it brings everybody together. And another thing I want to thank, too. I want to welcome all the new people that started following us on Twitter. We hopefully that you're listening to the show, too, as well as following us on Twitter. Because it brings in a whole new a whole new Kiss family to this because of the tournament and and that's that's just great and that's what we want and we're again looking forward to what brings us next year in 2022 yeah and we have a lot of fun episodes coming your way and sometimes the madness tournament kind of overtakes the podcast and the episode sometimes and uh but we try to stay focused i think we've had some good episodes during the tournament and sometimes it, it gets you know it gets distract it's distracting with everything going on but we have some great episodes during that time, and we're going to have some even better going forward. And mm-hmm. I, we hope that you'll like and continue to get involved and stay involved with everything that we do. And uh, we appreciate it. So with that being said, Tom, this is what's next. Hi, this is Ed Spansberg of ClickTeaShop.com. And for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise, please visit ClickTeaShop.com. At Click Tea Shop, you can find lots of Kiss-inspired T-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. So the question of the week, cue up the theme music. Longtime friend and fan of the show, Mr. Jack Benacchio. Oh. <laughs>
I thought I went I was gonna go a week without his and the other fucking nope. famous people's uh theme music, but I guess I couldn't. Nope. All right. This is a good question here, and I don't think anybody has talked about this. This is kind of a creative one. So he says, I've always wondered if Ace left the band first before Peter and Vinny or Mark, whoever came in after Ace, let's say Vinny, with their style of guitar playing, would Peter have been able to keep up with his style of playing? I would say this. The second Ace left, they would have shit-canned Peter. Okay. Because once the mystique of not the original four, bye, Peter. Paul had no use for Peter whatsoever. I think he would have booted his ass out as soon as Ace was gone. But they kept trying to keep Peter and Ace because they wanted to keep the four of them. But once, let's say it was the opposite, and Ace left, they're like, fuck, what do we need Peter for then? Fuck off. That's a good theory too. I don't, I'm not going to argue with that. I, I think, and, and, and again, no one's ever going to know what oh, would have happened. Oh, by the what, way, let me add go to that. Go ahead. If if not, there he wouldn't have been able to keep up. He, he would have been gone anyways. He, yeah. he wouldn't be able to keep up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that that was going to be my original answer, but no, he wouldn't have been able to keep up. But I also think too that I think having Peter leave first and bringing in the the hard rock, borderline metal, bombastic drumming of Eric Carr. This is my theory. I think that made it easier for them to replace Ace with whoever they wanted it to with a shred guy. First of all, they kind of wanted a shred guy because that was the era. But bringing in Vinny and Mark and eventually Bruce because they knew that Eric could do whatever they needed him to do. However, to answer your question, Jack, I think Zeus and I are on the same page. If Ace left first, Peter would have been out of his realm trying to deal with with a Mark St. John or a Vinny Vincent. Yeah, and we and we love Peter. There's no two bigger Peter fans than in the Kiss Army than these two guys right here, especially Zeus. But I just think it's not just not in Peter's style to have been able to deal with guitarists like that. Yeah, I think you would have said it once. Well, if Ace is gone, then you motherfuckers, I'm gonna fucking leave. Bye, see ya, bye. Hit yeah. the road. Don't let the door hit you on the ass, buddy. <laughs> buddy. See ya. Yeah. It but, was, Paul especially would be like, get the fuck out. Yep. But great so. question, great question, Jack. Thank you as always, buddy. Big fan of the show, and we appreciate that. Thank you. That's a good. That's a good question. Thank you. All right. So, Tom, where can people find us? Uh, our email. We'll start with that. Shout it out loudcast at gmail dot com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail dot com. Please send us your emails. We will reread all of them. Uh, some of them we'll read on the air. Most of them we read on the air. Some of them we keep to ourselves because they might be something for the show that we want to talk about between me and Zeus and maybe save it for a future topic. Who knows? But email us. Uh, and then again, we're very, very active on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, reach out to us. You can send us DMS on those. Uh, we just broke 2000, uh, members on our Facebook group, the shout out loudcasters. So thank you guys. That's amazing. That's huge. Uh, that's a great place to jump in and just be involved with stories, arguments. You know, it's not toxic. It's a fun place. So check that out. Um, and our show, we're part of the awesome Pantheon podcast network of, uh, of shows, tons of great music podcasts, rock, metal, pop, folk, hip hop, you name it. It's there. And our show is on all the major platforms, obviously Apple, Spotify, etc. cetera. Uh, so you can find us there, all those places, interact with us, reach out, comment, Tell us what you want. Tell us what you don't like, whatever we're, we're here for you and let us know. Yeah. As always, I always tell people to DM us as well, Tom, and they can DM us on Instagram, 
on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, as always, we we always say you can find us on any of your podcast platforms. If there's a platform you like and we're not on, let us know. We'll get on that platform. But generally speaking, we're on there. You can always find us on our YouTube, YouTube. channel. You can subscribe there. Uh, the email for us again. And that's where we get a lot of our questions. Uh, and they're usually fantastic. So shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. And, you know, for all those, you know, we're interested in in hearing. We always love our our fans here, the local ones in the States. But all those that are live in live outside the United States, send us a shout out. We'd love to hear where you're from. Where you're listening for, to uh, listening to us from? We get people like we had a couple of the Finns. Was it last time? Yep. Uh, Australia. That's probably our second biggest. Yep. Out in Australia, we have you know Canada, France, uh, Spain, Italy. You name it, and we'd like to hear where you guys listen to us. Greece, Dikanis, Isikala, Kala, Bravo. You can see all those in all our French, Canadian, Greeks up there, too. They can say uh, hello back to us in Greek. Anybody out there that's from a different part of the world, we'd love to hear where you're from. And be, mm-hmm. uh, we'll give you a, definitely give you a shout-out. And uh, also, we'd like to see tell everybody, uh, if you want, you can always get shouted out Loudcast gear at clickteshop.com. ClickTshop.com. Ed has awesome shout it out loudcast stuff. We also have our album review crew, which we do once a month with uh, Mr. Sonny Pooney. We break down albums in the non kiss library, and that's always a lot of fun. And uh, if you are interested in that, let us know. And then Patreon as well. We always mention that. And uh, we mentioned it early in the show, but Patreon.com, Patreon the app. Or in the episode notes, if you're interested in helping us out, take a look at that and see if anything there interests you. And if you can, we'd like to thank you for that. And uh, with that being said, Tom, we usually end these with uh, famous last words. You got any? People tell me I should win at any cost. But now I see as the smoke clears away, the battle has been lost. Appropriate words for my love gun losing the battle. The battle has been lost, but you made it to the championship. Well, with the tip of the hat to Le Champion in more ways than one, to the to Mr. Jericho and Mr. Kiss Alive. Cause baby's got the feeling. Baby wants a show. Baby, won't you tell me? Baby rock and roll, yeah, yeah. <sighs> oh, God, that guitar rips. If you're going to force me to listen to that song, it'll be on the alive version, not the friggin' Heart of an Hell version. No way. Ah, <laughs> uh, awesome. Anyways, Tom, thank you. Chris, thank you so much for joining us as usual. Loudcasters, Kiss Army, we love you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Chris, thank you as always, my friend. Great time talking kiss as always. We appreciate it. Thank you everybody out there, especially those people that have been involved with this tournament that filled out those brackets. Uh, and again, to Ed for sponsoring the tournament. Zeus, as always, my partner in crime. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you as always.
Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.